Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. I think it's in this because of Stefano and someone oh, right, else. Right, right. It's the founders, yeah. yeah. So I guess, yeah, his initials, they should be founders. You're right. Okay, are we recording? <laughs> yes. All right. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. All right. And today we have a special show where we're actually doing an interview. So we're going to be interviewing uh, Bert Cameron and Kyle Stacy. Nice. And so I'd like to welcome them back on the show uh, for the main topic here. So this is episode number 130, SAB with Bert and Kyle. Nice. Okay. So, Kevin, let's catch up on our what we did this week, and then we'll go into our main topic. What did we do this week? I flew. It was Father's, you know, it was Father's Day on Sunday, but Saturday we flew. Yeah, it was nice yeah. both days. Yeah, yeah. Sat- Saturday was nicer. Sunday was freaking hot and oh. like smoldering hot. But we'll go. I'll go into that. Uh, so you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Cool. Yeah, flew on Saturday, and I flew on Sunday. But Saturday yeah. I went down to the field and uh, mm-hmm. got I I had some work to do at my in laws first thing so I really didn't bring a lot of stuff down to the field I brought my two oxies and my six ninety I think that mm-hmm. was all I brought yeah yeah just those, uh, yep. but I've been just crazy with the oxy man to the point where I started moving my numbers up a little bit just because I don't know I got to a point where I was like you know I could use a little bit more just a little bit more. You know, yeah, no, and it was only close, a, yeah. it was only a couple bumps up in the numbers, and I started to notice that when I was doing rainbows, that um, it was really holding. I was surprised that little tiny, it's a little tiny two fifty five, smallest tally I own, and uh, it was holding really well. So I was pleased at that, man, and uh, mm-hmm. just had some really good flights on that thing. I, I gotta, I mean, I kind of ramped the numbers up, but I really got to work on being more precise because uh, sometimes i get a little out of control and uh i don't know no you how many times <laughs> you go over your head just twice i think just um, twice that day that in fact day. i haven't seen you do it i haven't seen you fly like you know what it, well, how will i say it? a flight line violation you know i haven't seen you do that in a long time so it was good to see the old kevin pushing well that was you know that was because i had it I ramped the numbers way up. I went up to like 110 and I was like, oh, this is a little bit too crazy for me. So that's when that happened. <laughs> and then I ramped mm-hmm. them down to, I think I'm at 103 on the agility or something like that. And I don't know. Yeah. And, your style. Rate. Mm-hmm. and I, and I changed the tail rates up a little bit. And, um, uh, I really like that, man. I, I really, really like it. It, uh, it's coming along. I mean, it's fun to discover these little things, you know, as you go through the hobby. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think your rates are higher than mine now. Yeah, but that's just probably the oxy, man. I mean, I'm probably at 85 on everything else, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of everything else, my 690 took off and flew about a minute, and I had the one-way bearing go again. Oh, boy. Yeah, and so it, it, I think, it, well, it froze up. I took it out before I did the flight and put the one-way bearing lube on it that we were talking about last episode. Yep. And yeah, man, same maneuver. The, the, the Puro flip, as I'm going into it, it just cut out on me and I was able to, you know, finish the maneuver or just get it around and, and bring it in and land it again. And it was, uh, yeah, it's my one way is now a two way. 
So <laughs> I don't know what the hell was going on. But after that, I did sit down and I did some research, kind of Googled 690SX, you know, one-way bearings, and did come across a post from like 2014 from Mikado saying, we have been having problems with the one-way bearings. Our solution is to immediately stop flying the 690 <laughs> right now. And wow. um, what I did was I went on my previous orders to find out where I got this from. I don't know if you remember the old RCHN days. A lot of these, a lot of the guys would talk about if they went to one site and they had to order one thing from here and one thing from there, they'd rather just get it all at the same site. You know, that's how I am when I go online. So I got a couple of things for the 690 and one of them was the one way bearing from, I don't even know if I should say who I got it from, but it was from a, an online. It wasn't Mikado. Let's just say. Right, right. Yeah. It was one of the, um, authorized resellers. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if I got an old one, possibly, but it, it died quick. I mean, oh, yeah, you got one flight. <laughs> I, got, I got like two minutes on it. Yeah. yeah. So what I did was I immediately went on Mikado's website on Sunday and ordered, I needed to get a case for my Neo. Uh, so I ordered that and I ordered, mm-hmm. um, ordered something else that was stupid. It was like six bucks. And then I ordered the one way bearing. So hopefully I get that this week and, uh, put it in and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And that was all I was doing. I, I flew on Sunday, but I, um, I flew at my brother-in-law's house. We were all hanging out. I had a couple of good flights on the, the, uh, Oxy 255 again. I just brought that up there real quick with a couple of batteries and I kind of lost it at one point. He's got, it's really tight where he is, which I'm kind of, mm-hmm. I'm kind of enjoying that. Now I'm kind of getting to where like I almost want to fly in my little tiny backyard uh, in between my house and the other house here just to see if I can and and work on stuff there because I know being in that really tight environment probably, you know, will make me a better pilot trip more, you know, under control a little more. Either that or I'm going to owe this guy some money for going through a siding on his yeah, house. Yeah, let's say you're going you're gonna to send some blades through the windows so, doors and yeah. windows. <laughs> so I'm up with my brother-in-law's and I'm, I'm doing some flights and they're watching me. And um, at one point I kind of lost it. He's got a couple of big trees to the left and further on from where I'm standing to the left is where everybody is. So I kind of lost it and I hit, I hit rescue and it popped up and I thought I was going to hit the top like the the branch on on one of the trees so i just Mm -hmm. hit throttle hold and it was about man it had to be about 30 feet up in the air and it came down and as it's falling i'm saying to myself you know what i probably could hit engine start and you know back on turn it back on and recover and i was like eh too late bonk and it and it just it landed on the ground just straight on the skids broke both the front supports on the skids and uh-huh. uh and I flew it again. It didn't matter. I just picked yeah, it up. Yeah. There was nothing else wrong with it. And then flew it and I I beat on it a few more times there and uh that was it. But I had some fun, dude. It was it was it was cool getting together on Saturday with everybody, man. I thought it was gonna mm-hmm. be packed and it wasn't and and then it was cool to get a couple flights in, you know, on Sunday. I really yeah. I really wanna try and get I got to find a little spot, but I really want to try and get more flights in during a week. You know what I mean? Like if I get home from work now that's summer and, you know, it stays light out until like eight o'clock. Right. I want to try and like just come home, grab the heli. And I don't even care if it's two flights. Just, you know, yeah. go do a couple flights somewhere. No, for sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, but that was my week, man. Really quick. How was your nice. week? My week was good. So, yeah, we we met up on Saturday. Did a... Uh, 
<clears throat> I don't know how many flights, but I did a bunch of flights, you know. Went through all my Oxy-4 abroad. I brought the, the two, my Goblin twins, and did a bunch of flights on those. Yeah. I did I did quite a bit of flights on, on that. I did, I want to say I did four flights on the Black Thunder, and then I think I did at least four, if not five flights on the Black Nitro. So I've been really enjoying it. Um, now that I'm flying these helicopters back to back, kind of like, you know, I'll fly one or two and then I'll, I'll switch to the other heli. I notice, uh, yeah, you know, I really do notice the power difference between electric and, and nitro. Like, really, really notice the power. And I don't know if it's because it's getting hotter and maybe the motors aren't just producing enough, you know, because of the air density is not producing as much power as it did before. Uh, maybe I need to lean it out a little more. I'm not sure, but. You know, I definitely noticed that I was bogging the nitro a little bit more, um, doing the same type of maneuvers or the same, like, um, links of maneuvers. Like, you know, I, I'll do, like, a right. couple maneuvers together, and by the time I get to, like, the third or fourth maneuver, I could I could definitely hear the motor bogging more and, like, you know, just kind of, I'm stressing the, uh, the head speed a little bit more in the motor, so... Yeah, you know, and then I'll go fly the electric, and it's just like endless power. And now, like, and I'm starting to realize where people are like, "Oh man, electrics like they got endless power <laughs> compared to nitro." I definitely see that. Uh, but no, either way, I, I I've been getting a little bit more used to some of the maneuvers I was doing on the sim. So I obviously I have my kind of uh, they're like my stable maneuvers now, like you know nose in, backflip, half pyro. Or I'm tail sliding half pure onto an inverted tail slide. Like those two maneuvers are now becoming like I can do them without thinking about it. I can do them pretty low to the ground, especially on the oxys. I can do them really low. But on the uh, on the on the you know the 700, the uh, goblins, I'm, I'm starting to do them a lot lower. You know, getting a little more comfortable. What I've been getting more comfortable is now my inverted flight. Like so, I'll do this. I'll do this tail um, upright hurricane kind of deal, like my normal counterclockwise, you know, coming towards the right of the field, I'll do a counterclockwise. Usually I'll do circuits and I'll move it into a tail slide. And it's nice, you know, I could transition between tail slides and funnels and stuff. But what I've been trying to do is, you know, I've been trying to do the, uh, you know, backwards flying upright when I get up a little bit like, Towards where I'm completing the circle, like if the circle end was in front of me, I would, you know, then tip the heli, pop the heli, you know, right aileron, pop the heli. So now I'm inverted tail um, going clockwise. So I'm doing a figure eight. So upright on the right part of the figure eight, inverted on the left part of figure eight, upright and inverted, like kind of back and forth. And I'm getting more used to that. And I'm getting more used to it to the point where my circles are starting to even out because before it'd be like huge circle on the right, upright, invert, I mean, upright backwards flying, which I'm super comfortable. So there'd be a nice big circle. Um, and then I'll flip it inverted and it'd be like a really tight circle because I, I get scared and I pull a lot of elevator and kind of whip it around. But now I'm starting to kind of ease that transition better where it's like pop. And then I, you hear a blade like pop up and pops where it stops. Uh, like a collective stop, and then it comes around the other way and starting smoothed out. The, the circle's getting bigger on the left side now, so uh, I'm really happy about that because that's one of the, that's like one of the basic moves <laughs> that I skipped over. Like I don't know transitions and just flying inverted in general, um, you know. So I'm glad that I'm starting to do that more and get kind of go. I guess going back to basics 
or Dude, more sport flying. You're not doing anything basic that I can tell anymore. I mean, your flying's gotten past. I'm trying to put like, what did he just do there on maneuver like one and two, and you're already on like six. So I'm like, I can't even keep up with it anymore. That's what I'm saying. You got oh. really good, dude. Oh, Real, thank you. You you can tell you've been working on it, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, this winter was a lot of simming, and and you know, with the, with the simming, I think it's I, I have to I have to give a credit, a partial credit out at least to AccuRC two, and that I can use my V control because yeah. I think one of the biggest problems I had was I was simming on my DX9 with uh, real um, real flight, and then I would go to my V-Control, and it would feel totally different. You know, not just the gimbals feeling different or the transmitter feeling different, but the, the amount of throws and the amount of, like, the, just the settings in the heli felt different, and I could never, for the life of me, get um, real flight tuned. But yeah. AccuRC is so much easier to tune. It's like tuning your real heli. So like you could dial in your pitch and everything like like a real heli and and I you know and your your gains your rotational um how many you know degrees of rotation per second you know that's like how the flybarless units pretty much tune at and that's how this tune so I'm just yeah I'm just happy with the way that the helicopters feel and you know now I'm using a controller that I'm just I'm super familiar with because that's the only controller I ever use now. And it's, 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 I definitely noticed my improvement. And I told you, you know, like a couple episodes, I think it was the Kyle Dahl episode where we were talking and, you know, it just, the orientation just started clicking. I never need to think about like, okay, I'm inverted tail in. Which way do I move the stick to get the heli to go left? Like now I know which way I have to move the stick. And once that clicked, that's when it opened up to like experimenting with all different maneuvers and adding things together and linking things and being able to bail myself out. Like, you know, knock on wood, I've only had to hit rescue once in real life um, out of like maybe like, I don't know, 30 flights doing all the new maneuvers and trying new stuff. You know, I've only had to hit rescue once. I've bailed myself out more times than I had to hit rescue. Yeah. And, and, to me, that just shows like that I I've learned orientation, you know, and I'm still, you know, I'm still maybe slower than like someone who's gone through like, you know, real orientation practice and learned, you know, everything about orientation. Like, say, like Devin, right? Like he knows orientation inside and out. He doesn't have to think about it or question it. Um, he just knows it. And, you know, I'm not to that level, but. When I'm looking at the helicopter and I'm like, I need to go left, I know which way to do it. I just, I don't have to think about it. I just tell myself to do it and, and I move the six the right way. And, and don't get me wrong, I make mistakes, especially with the tail, because the tail is the one that I, I'm still like, still not 100% on the tail as far as orientation. I mean, I know which way it's going to go, but like, there, there are times where like, I start doing my funnels and I'm like, whoop, wrong way. And I have to quickly make that correction and go the other way, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but it's, it's, it's definitely I'm more comfortable, and that's what it comes down to your comfort level with your orientation, right? Um, you know, so I'm definitely enjoying that. Like I can throw, I could do more things with the helicopter because I don't have to worry about which way do I have to turn the sticks, which way do I have to push this way to, you know, if I'm on a, the 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 what causes the most amount of crashes, in my opinion, when I was learning, 
um, with the 450X, right? The Blade 450X is when I got it into a bank where like the, the helicopter's knife edge. And like there's two ways of, of pulling that helicopter from not falling out of the sky. It's more collective and elevator to like whip the heli around more or it's to go less angle. So bank the heli less. And one of the issues I used to have before was when I went inverted is I would bank the wrong way and it would go even more knife edge and fall into right. the ground. Yep. So, That's so, how most of my crashes are. Right. So once you get that orientation and start getting used to it, that's not a question because you're just like, oh, crap, it's falling. And instead of pulling harder on the collective, making the helicopter go faster and pulling more in the elevator to, to cut that, like, you know, to cut it, you can just like, oh, just give a little correction on the ailerons and you're fine and you're flying. I think I'm to the point now where you had said you're think you know, you don't really use re- rescue that much. I think I'm to that point on a larger helis where I don't think I don't see a need for me to get that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, on yeah. the larger stuff, on the smaller stuff, I, I like it just for, and it probably, it's probably the other way around. I'm probably completely wrong about thinking about it like this, but I don't know. On, <laughs> well, the, other, I, on the smaller <laughs> ones are so twitchy, you know, you probably, and they're so quick that you, you don't have time right. for rescue. Just drive it in before you hit Right. right you probably should right. have rescue on the more expensive ones, but I just, I, I see myself getting myself out of problems on the larger ones easier than the smaller ones. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the larger ones, you know, you have more time to think, so you have more time to correct. The little ones are like, right. before you know it, you're you're falling to the ground, and then you're like panicking, you know. So, yeah, definitely, I see why you're saying that. You know, the smaller ones, um, you know, and I agree, but for me, it's like I don't want to crash the bigger ones because of the costs. So, you know, if I if I had to choose between like having rescue on either one, which I have on on everything except for the oxy two, um, obviously I would pick the bigger ones. But I, you know what it is? I think also that contributed to is when I had my N seven crash when I was just relying on rescue to save me and it didn't save the helicopter. Yeah, that kind of burned me a little. Like not that it doesn't work, but especially when I'm flying on nitro, I know not to rely on it. You know, just plain and simple. I don't rely on it. It's too many vibrations for the thing to be able to handle it. So I don't, you know, electrics. Yeah, you know, like I said, I you know, on the Oxy Four, I've hit it once or once or twice, maybe in the last like sixty flights on all my helis. You know, just I just don't hit it anymore. I haven't really needed to. Um, right. Even the even the other day, I got pretty far out with the Oxy Four and I lost orientation. But I, I you know, I just I was I, I didn't panic. I just knew like give a little left. Nope. Go right. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and I was okay. Really, uh, Saturday was fun because I got to do a lot of that stuff. And then Sunday came around, and you know, the wife's like, "It's your day. You can do whatever you want. You want to go flying? Go flying." And I was like, "I want to go flying, but I want to also drag you guys with me." So, <laughs> so I was like, you know, obviously with with Chloe and Hunter in the car and and Maria, I can't bring my 700. So like, it's I'm right. not gonna bring that. You know, with the car seat and everything. But I was like. Oxy, I'll charge four batteries real quick that morning, and I'll you know I'll bring that. I'll put the batteries in my transmitter case, so it's just one case, one helicopter. Put it in the trunk, go out to um, go out to the field. So I went to Polder. I probably got there in the late, like you know, mid afternoon, like two o'clock ish, one thirty, two o'clock. And um, Perry was there, and and Mike Longo was there. So uh, you know we we're. Perry was packing up, getting ready to leave. He he crashed yet another Balsa plane, unfortunately. And <laughs> his avatar that he just made in that day. Oh, 
and Mike was there, and you know he was he put in like ten, eleven flights or something like that that day. He was putting in flights back to back. It wasn't anyone there. I couldn't believe it. It wasn't many people. Same thing with Saturday. I couldn't believe how little people were there, and it was absolutely the best wind conditions. I would say, like between those two days, there were like there was pretty much no wind. Saturday was gorgeous, man. Just yeah. gorgeous, and I guess the fact that they had an event scheduled and then they canceled it at the last minute kind of threw some people off a little. But uh, still, there was only the the same what eight nine guys out there, yeah. and um, so we we had a ball, man. Yeah, it was awesome. So, so yeah, we got got good flights in. Um, I did record a flight on my Oxy Four. Um, Mike, I had Mike record me, so thank you, Mike, for recording that. Um, that was, I don't know, in my opinion, like I've watched that video probably about ten times. Like I think the eleven views that I have, ten of them are mine, <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know, it's something. I think I watched that one. Yeah, yeah, it's the one I, I've. I think I linked it to our group chat, or definitely linked it to the like um, the Facebook groups that we have, but. Um, one of the things that I noticed was like, I don't know, I, I'm I'm really enjoying that I'm doing these new maneuvers that I don't find my flight watching my flights recorded. I don't find them boring anymore. <laughs> How conceited of me, but you know, like I don't find them boring like I used to. Like before, I used to watch our like our videos from Green Pond. I can't watch those anymore now. Yeah, stall turn, stall turn, loop, stall turn. Yeah, maybe front yeah, maybe, flip. maybe hover backflip to punch out pure punch out like it was you know and i I don't want to diminish anyone else who's at that skill level but you know like for me i felt like i've progressed you know enough in the hobby that like i watch those videos and i'm like wow i've come far because i can't watch these videos anymore well i still watched the video when we were outside of jeff's house and you were flying your 380 the goblin 380 the first flight you had on that thing Oh no my canopy God, was, in the was snow. So that <laughs> was like, yeah, that was that? his neighbor's 2015? house. Yeah. Whenever the, the 380 was first released, because I bought it like when they started, I bought it at pre-sale. Like I, you know, as soon as it came out, I, I bought it, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't like it was out for a while and they made any revisions and stuff, you know, like it was original OG, you know, 380 when they first came out with that. So I think it's fun to watch some of the older videos that we've done only because you can see the improvement that's been made, you know? I mean, I've even looked at my YouTube channel for, like, the Blade 450 days, you know, 450X days, when I used to, like, go to the park and just set the camera somewhere and fly. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I really, like, was, like, a a two-trick pony, you know? (laughs) I got to find the video that I have. I got it somewhere. It's going to take me – it'll take me a year to find it. But uh, I I have video of my double horse one – Nine one one six four channel fixed pitched helicopter that I used to fly all the time. I'd have it in a van with me, and I would fly it all the time. And oh, I have yeah? I have video of uh, geese, Canadian geese, sitting on this field, and you see the helicopter just come out of the one side, and I fly over by the geese, and I chase them out of there, and then I come back over, and that thing really taught me orientation, sort of, you know. But it was it was so twitchy, man. It was. Like any slight amount of wind, as you can imagine, with a fixed pitch, and it was just yeah. all over the place. But that thing, man, was the, for the stupid little like sixty dollar price tag on it. It was mm-hmm. it was three S sixty dollars. It was brushed motor, brushed motor on the tail, and I think I even fried a motor on it and replaced it. I flew the crap out of that thing. Nice. But I do have video of, of the Canadian geese somewhere. I came across it one time and I was like, I got to put that together, man. 
and I got to find it again. It's on my servers nice. yeah, or computer somewhere. Yeah. Nice. It's pretty funny. But that's like way, that's like 2013, 14. That's. Yeah. It's like a hundred years that's ago. That's like, that's pre Kevin and Steve days, huh? <laughs> Before yeah. you met me. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, before I went to the field on Sunday with my family, um, there's a local hobby shop by me. Um, and they mainly deal with cars, trains, and, you know, like that type of model, some science stuff, like some STEM program stuff. But, um, you know, I kind of was like, you know, I, I kind of wanted to get something for myself. I, I just been, you know, knock on wood, I've been very good with my helicopters. Like, yeah, maybe I throw in the Oxy, you know, Oxy 3 or Oxy 4. Um, but I've been very good with the bigger helis, and I haven't really needed a lot of time to wrench on stuff. And, you know, I did my Synergy E5, but that was kind of a rebuild, and that was super quick. So I didn't really – I just had the itch to build something. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and buy myself a Tamiya kit because, you know, I grew up with those kits. I love the, I love the building aspect of the Tamiya kit. You know, it's, it's just fun to me, and I, I just like wrenching like that. So yeah, I was like – you know, I, the choices were like, okay, they had they had tons of them. They had like over 30 kits there. So it's like, all right, you know, I catched, one of the kits I wanted to get was the uh, original Tamiya Grasshopper, which was my first RC car. The Grasshopper. Yeah, that RC car has some memories because I bought that RC car the one and only time I went to Korea for vacation. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was 12 years old. I went to Korea. There was a hobby shop there. I bought the RC car there. And um, it was weird because it was like the hobby shop wasn't really a hobby store. It was like it was a mall, okay. you know, but think about like it's not in Asia, in Korea, especially that I know of. It's like the malls aren't like the traditional malls you see in America. They're not like wide and spread out. So room is kind of like especially in Seoul, like the you know capital, just rooms uh, at a premium. So instead, their malls go up. So this was a mall that was like 20 stories and each story had different stuff and one of them had rc cars and planes and stuff it was all rc and i was mm-hmm. like 12 years old you know like holy crap i mean this 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 is my toy store like screw screw all the other toys i want this shit so you know at the time you know begging my mom and and you know don't you know so i got the tamiya grasshopper and i built it out there and i kind of like i didn't have any rc stuff i didn't have batteries and i just built the kit <laughs> it was just a static model at that point. Jeez. Um, you know, and, and whatever, I got it back here and I, I got the RC stuff installed and ordered everything else from Tower Hobbies. So that was the only RC store, I, you know, hobby shop I knew. And and I got it to run and it was great. I had so much good times and I, I broke that thing like 15 different times, 15 different ways. Um, but so like that kid was there and they had the Grasshopper and the Grasshopper too, the, the remake. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get the originals. Oh, it's only 109 bucks. And I'm looking at the kit and I'm like, fuck, I will build this kit in 30 seconds. Like, <laughs> you know, like beyond that, it's like a simple kit to build. It's just that like I know myself, like I know the speed of my, you know, how quickly I build things. And I'm going to build this in one night and be done with it. And I'm not going to drive like I might drive it around a little but you know, more, more likely than other, I'm just going to put it on the shelf and it's going to sit there with all my other RC cars. So. I, you know, when, when Fred, you know, Fred was on the show, we talked a lot about his axial wraith and I've been wanting to get a crawler. Um, I've been wanting to get a crawler. I've been wanting to get something FPV that I can like just let it go loose in my backyard. You know, it's like, let it doesn't, loose. Have, 
not doesn't have to be fast. Just has to be able to get over curbs and rocks and. Well, now does Tam- Tamaya make a a crawler? They do. Oh, they do. Yeah. So, I ended up getting the FJ Cruiser. Tamiya kits have a model name usually, like at least the newer models. So it's called a CR-01. So that's their first crawler they made. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's um you know traditional crawler style where you have your your main frame, then you have your your uh, your two solid diffs, right? Your two uh, solid axle diffs, um, one in front, one in back, that are all articulated or all connected by arms, so they can fully articulate. The servo is on the you know on the front, um, right above the front diff. But what I'm actually going to be doing is you can you can make this thing four wheel steering. So I'm I'm going to do that. Oh jeez. Yeah, and I'm going to do it because it's like that. So I bought a new radio too, which we'll we'll talk about. But um, you know, I want I envision it where I can make it front wheel steering or rear wheel steering or four wheel steering, and do it through programming and through you know uh, mixing basically. So I mean I don't know how it's going to work with the new radio. I did buy a Fly Sky or Fry Sky or Fly Sky. I think it's Fly Sky. Um, the one that Jacob had. Remember, I think we mentioned it on the show when we when we did the episode about Neff. Yeah. So you know he he was showing me that radio and how much you can program and mix and do all this crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, that so was like, crazy, man. You know, all touch screen with a little stylus pen and it looks like a little Palm <laughs> Pilot or, or like a little, yeah, like a little mobile device or a Palm device on it on top of your radio and full color screen and it had good resolution. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy this radio because I need a radio that I can um, hook up all my ground cars to. So I ordered that and it's coming, you know, I ordered it out for eBay. So that's coming. So I don't have the radio yet, but, you know, I'm like, oh man, I need, I need something to, I need some servos, right? I need two servos. How am I going to? You know, set this thing up with a servo. So, uh, <laughs> of course, I was like, I got some extra helicopter servos. Oh, geez. Now, now, eventually, you know, if I do find that I'm using this a lot, maybe I'll, you know, upgrade to uh, BK's ground servos because they do have surface a line of surface servos. Right. You know, but for now, I'm like, all right, I got this Rotostar servo from my 550X days, my Blade 550X days. Um, so a cheap Hobby King Roto. Like their helicopter line, Rotostar. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, I got I got one one of those servos, and I was like, oh wait, I want to make it four wheel steering. So what else do I have? So go, like, oh, I got an Align DS like six five five or whatever. I don't know Align servos. I'm like, screw it, I'll put that servo in the back. So yeah, I mean, I'm gonna see if I have another Rotostar because I might have one. I think what ended up happening is I had a set, obviously my Blade five fifty X, but I crashed, stripped out one of the gears. And you couldn't get replacement gear, so I got a set of aligned servos. So I have a mixed match server. So I'm, you know, I don't have, I only have one align and I have two roto stars. So I might just put both roto stars to match it up to make it equal weight and look wise, or I might just put the aligned one in the back. I mean, I haven't decided yet. Okay. But either way, this kit, I, I have, I don't know how many parts it is, but it's like the most complicated Lego set you ever buy. It's like a thousand pieces because there's a oh, thousand screws and a thousand little plastic pieces that you got to cut off and, and, you know, take, you know, take a knife to the, to the edges that you, you know, break off so you can like clean them up. So what so, scale like, is this thing? It's one tenth scale. Oh, nice. So it's a, it's a newer FJ cruiser body on it. And, uh, and being that, you know, orange is kind of my color for RC. Uh, you know, I, I got orange uh, 
paint with the white top. So I'll do the traditional style with the white top on top. Um, black, like, uh, what do are you those? still have to Will paint flares? those things from the inside? Yep. Still Lexan body. Polycarbonate oh, okay. Lexan body. You have to uh, use Lexan scissors, a little curved scissors, and, um, and paint them from the inside. You gotta mask it. You gotta mask the windows and all that stuff. And so it's you know it's a it's a full on kit. You know it's it's you gotta paint it. You gotta put yeah. everything together. The shocks, the differential, which all the like this is a modern kit. The diffs are it's cool to put together. I remember drilling holes in the shocks in the pistons so the fluid would go. Like we would we would customize yeah. everything. But this is back in the eighties. Yeah, I mean it's like that, but it's. It's not such a hobby. It's like you can just put it together and it should work very well. Right. Um, the shocks have like, uh, I don't know what it's called, but in the piston, it's like the piston, I guess. You know, yeah. you have yeah. your rod and then you have like your little piston that you used to drill holes to let the fluid through back and forth, which dampen it and the bigger hole, the less dampening, right? Um, these have a couple of different ones, but also because of my other RC buggies, I have like five or six different weighted oils so i can i can mess oh, around with that and but you know being that it's a, a crawler i'm gonna go with a pretty low viscosity oil because i want the the full articulation you know like i don't i don't want too much dampening obviously the springs are gonna add the resistance for the articulation but i don't want it so like the springs and the dampening is making it hard to you know get the wheels to articulate and go back and forth up above things and around things so yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm having a freaking blast putting this thing together. Like, I think the first night I spent four hours, and it still doesn't look like a car. Like, uh, one of the cool things about this kit, which I know we're we're getting kind of sidetracked into this RC car, this truck, but it has traditional truck frames. It has a ladder frame, which I think is freaking awesome, you know, and it's metal. Nice. So you don't, it's not like a plastic frame that you bolt everything onto. It's metal frame. I mean, the rest of it's plastic, but still, I think it's really cool that you have this like you know brushed aluminum metal frame um, that you're bolting like your your suspension arms and every, and your you know all your linkages and everything too. So um, so that's pretty cool. And it's like even like the plates where you put the motor in uh, the ESC and the uh, receiver and stuff, it has like a it's like it's plastic, but it's like diamond um, diamond plated look to it okay. you know so it has like the little diamond shaped um bumps on it for grip or whatever it's just overall it's just it's the kits are the kit's really nice and it's an expensive kit i'm not gonna lie it's it costs more than like an oxy heli you know like not just just the airframe i guess you know yeah, but it, yeah. it was retails around 500 something and I, I didn't pay that but it was it was you know above 300 bucks so wow. it's not a, it's not a cheap kit but but then again it's not like you know, I one night build either, so it's, I'm having fun with it. So it's 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 all worth it. That's cool, man. Nice. <clears throat> um, besides that, 3D printer wise, I've been printing out the Sullivan Dynatron um, 3D printed. Like it's not Sullivan that produces this model. I forgot who. Uh, I I should look up the credit and see. Yeah, who where'd you get stupid. that? Yeah, I got it off a of Thingiverse. Oh no, kidding. And this thing is, you know, I've seen it around. It's like, you know, the 3D printed front side and the 3D printed back. And the back part has a big cap that you unscrew or screw on. It has like, you know, bumps on it so you could grip it and you unscrew it. And basically, you could fit like, I can't fit like an 1800 6S, but I could definitely fit like the 1050s, 1250s, 6Ss or 4S, 1300s, 1500s. I could fit in there. So it's a decent size and it makes it so it's just 
the starter is at one cylinder. You know, before, like, I have that box that, you know, yeah. Ed printed out for me, that he designed that and printed it out for me. Um, this one, it's just, it's all, like, streamlined, so it's very compact. So when I put it in my bag, it's going to fit better because the other one's kind of bulky. It takes a lot of room, you know, because of the width of it, because of the battery boxes being that size. So, <clears throat> so you know, I figure I have a backup solvent starter. Let me try it on that. I, I tried it. It looks good. The fin- finish is great. Like the threads on it. Like I had to make zero adjustments. I take the STL files, load them in Simplify 3D, and then, you know, made it to G code and printed it out. Like my default settings, everything. Like I didn't have to mess with anything. First time, it printed out great. Granted, it was a 12 hour print. <laughs> it was a, it's a pretty long print. Oh, geez. But the, like when you see it in person, it's, it came out really well. And the, the, the threads on it, the coarse threads that it, you put the cap on. It's really nice. It's, you know, there's, it's not perfect, perfect, but, you know, you could screw it on all the way and it's not like you're breaking plastic or chipping plastic trying to do it. So, the, you know, the tolerances are very good. That's cool, man. Yeah. I saw that and I said he didn't design it. He must have found it somewhere. Mm-hmm. As I saw a picture of that. Nice, Damn, I dude. Didn't, I didn't design it. No faith in me. <laughs> well, because I don't think you have any design software, right? Uh, not that. I mean, I don't think I have the time to design something this well. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, uh, like, the guy definitely took time because he has, like, there's a cutaway inside so you can, like, pass the wires through, and it's, like, perfect size for an XC60. It didn't look like Steve's flair to it. That's My flair. <laughs> it is orange, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, my my uh, the one that I already have built, I'm starting to put some free C sticker, not free C sticker, but the free C name, like through vinyl, through my vinyl cutter. I'm cutting out some stickers. I'll put my poly sticker on there too, you know, so it's easy identifiable that it's mine. Cool. Um, and one more thing, and this is not really related to, I mean, it's, it's RC related, but not on the aircraft side. But um, I sold that Baja, the HP Baja 5B. Oh, you did. Yeah, so I was thinking, you know, I was chatting on a group chat that we have with um, Team RC Hangout. And I was like, yeah, you know, someone's talking about a, a T-Max. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got this Baja 5, but I'm kind of tired of the gasser motor. Like, you know, it kept on stalling on me. And I really don't want to have to take it apart and, like, clean it and figure out what's wrong with it. So I'm like, I might just do a, a electric conversion, you know. Castle right, Creation right. makes a, a crazy fit scale, huge motor for it. Um, and, and a 200 something watt ESE that goes with it, you know, like, so it could handle running the, I think, 8S setup. And, you know, our friend Gator was like, dude, do you want to sell it? Because I've been looking for one. So we spoke, you know, I text him and he was like, yeah, you know, I mean, if you want it, like, I've, I've only ran it like twice. You know, I bought it out of impulse, but I'm not really going to be using it. And, you know, and I told him what price I got it for. He's like, dude, I'll give it to you at that price and I'll I'll pay for shipping. Oh, that's cool. So I was like, all right, let me figure out a box solution for it. He's like, all right, I'll pay you half right now and then we'll just settle up one and, you know, get a box up and, and ready to go. So I was like, all right, cool. So, yeah, I sold I sold uh, an RC truck or RC buggy, I guess, a gasser buggy. Cool. All right, so let's go to the main topic. And we have... Uh, Bert Cameron and Kyle Stacy on the line. What's up? Hello there. Hey guys. Hello. Awesome. Glad you guys could make it. Yeah, happy to be here. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, anytime, of course. You guys are always welcome. So I wanted to get you guys together, kind of talk about um, a couple of new things that are coming down the line. Obviously, 
you guys went to Italy and and went to the SAB headquarters. Um, want to talk a little bit about that trip? The new Goblin that's coming out hopefully soon, um, and a couple other things with BK uh, BK Hobbies I want to talk about too. So, sure. uh, so let's first go into your trip to Italy. So how was it? I mean, right off the bat. Go ahead, Bert. You start it. I think it was great. I was very tired afterwards because we had the worst possible flights that you can have. Oh no! We had to drive really? to. We have to. We had to drive to South Florida to Miami, like almost five hours. Then we flew to Milan, uh, mm-hmm. Italy, which was like a ten-hour flight, and then from there we had to drive another almost five hours to the factory. So we 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 literally we literally put. I think it was. Um, I'm not kidding. I think it was 500 miles uh, for each leg. So we put almost a thousand miles of driving and 20 hours of flying in a three a three day period, Kyle. Three four days, three days, something like that. Uh, I so, feel like we yeah. landed and then turned around and came back home. Yeah, oh, <laughs> we man. we literally spent more time traveling than we did in Italy. Like it was about it was about even. I think it was like. I think it took about 46, 47 hours of travel. Wow. And we were there for like, I think, 60 hours. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> crazy. Oh, but other man. than that, it was awesome. It was great. It, it was, <laughs> uh, you know, I had, I mean, Kyle's been traveling more lately than I have. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of slowed down a lot in the last two years, two, three years. So for me, it was great because I hadn't seen a lot of these guys in a while. So it was just good to kind of see some of the old friends and stuff and get to hang out and you know the party was great and you know it was just just a good overall time you know yeah yeah wow that is a lot of flying for a very little time there i'm surprised you guys didn't like extend your trip at least a day or two to just kind of vacation from the vacation you know well i was i mean the first thing was that you know we we can't leave the shop unattended for such a long period so we already decided Mm -hmm. okay we're gonna close shop for Friday and then Monday is Memorial Day so it doesn't matter like Monday doesn't right, count right. Yeah. and I we booked the tickets in a hurry and I wasn't really thinking about departure time from Milan at like 11 a.m. on Monday and I just completely overlooked the fact that it wasn't a holiday in Italy and it was a four-hour drive and Milan has horrible traffic oh, so so we didn't leave the event Sunday till like 5 6 p.m. And we went and got dinner. By the time we were done with dinner, it was like almost 10 o'clock at night. And we had to drive um, five hours to Milan. We got there at like 2.30 in the morning, I think. And then we had to get up at like 7 to catch our flight. So, yeah, it was just like kind of brutal. And then, you know, we flew 11 hours home and then five hours from Miami to Orlando, you know, north of Orlando. So it was uh, I just it was just kind of like it was. We booked the tickets in a hurry, and then it was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, shit, we should have done this tomorrow. We should have, like, returned Tuesday, not Monday. Right. But by then, you know, you pay the exchange rate, and it's like it's like buying a new ticket, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're kind of committed at that point. Please tell me you guys flew at least business. <laughs> what was the question? I missed your question. What? <laughs> no, no, I was saying, please tell me you guys flew business class. Yeah, okay, good luck. <laughs> oh, man. That is a lot of flying in coach, man. Wow. Yeah, especially Kyle. You gotta yeah. see Kyle. Yeah. You gotta see Kyle with a uh squeezing a breast, in a little spot. A breastfeeding mother next to him. Oh, no. and, and like a four year old kid on the way there. Oh yeah, it was oh. it was awesome. 
I don't know what it is, but I must just I I always get unlucky with like a crying kid or someone annoying next to me. Like every trip, there's always something going on around. <laughs> oh, man. It drives me nuts. But there's nothing worse than flying that distance or flying anywhere really, and then having to drive that that other distance. Like oh, mm-hmm. you just want to get there and five, four or five hours more. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. What are you gonna yeah. do? Yeah. yeah exactly. It is terrible. Hope, hope you can get like bad. bumped up to business or first. Please bump me up. <laughs> it's Italy. Have you guys done that before? Or were you like taking in the sights at least on the way or mm. or not really? Because it was. Well, you guys both been there before. Because I mean. Kyle, Kyle hasn't. Being... But I, I mean, oh, okay. I, I, I was born in Europe. I've, I grew up there. I mean, it's yeah, I've been there like a thousand times. Like it doesn't sure. bother me. Um, I mean, I would have preferred to have stayed an extra day or two. But I mean, it. It's not it's not a big deal. I just normally like to fly to that area. It's really difficult because from Orlando, I mean, you literally have to take minimum two flights, possibly three to get there, depending on which way you go. Um, You'd have to go to like Frankfurt, Germany, and then connect to Bologna, Italy, or you'd have to go to like Orlando, JFK to like, I don't know, like Rome to then connect like there's minimum two flights. So. Right. I originally thought, you know, these chick, the, these tickets are relatively cheap and, uh, you know, we just have to do driving, but it's one flight. You know, it's better than two or three flights. Yeah. But I honestly underestimated all the drive time and, like, the fact that we would be there for a short period for all the traveling. But right. it's all it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. It's still, it was experience. still fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. still fun. We still had a so, good time. So it's good to... Uh, Meet up with the boss man, right? Like Enrico and uh, um, what's his name? Ugh, I'm terrible. Stefan. 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 Yes. Yeah. No, it was good to see them. They're always fun to hang out with and spend time with. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was a little more stressful for them than it was for us because they were putting on an event, right? And unveiling some new toys. But yeah, they're they're fun to hang out with. They're good people. Awesome. Nice. So, so let's talk about some of these new toys that are coming out, huh? Eh, why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, I'm sure you can't go into too much detail about the the new features of the uh, Goblin Kraken. But, I mean, some of the stuff that's already been, I guess, common knowledge now. But, uh, first of all, I mean, you guys got to check it out firsthand, right? Got to actually see it with a canopy off and, and the new design of the boom and everything. Um, I didn't, actually. I've seen the drawings oh, no? back uh, over the past couple months. I've seen... Bits mm-hmm. and pieces here and there. I've never seen it in the flesh, though, the canopy off yet. Ah, wow. It's really keeping it on the DL, huh? <laughs> nah, you've seen it. Don't don't, don't be a bull crapper. No way. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I haven't seen anything. I've, only the computer rendering is what you're only He's as exciting a, as you can imagine. He plays the game very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So let's kind of go over some of the common knowledge features of it, right? You have your your new transmission system that's encased in uh, in an oil bath, right? Is that correct? That is correct. Nice. Um, I know they said uh, I'm trying to think in a release. They said that the tail system is more easily removable for the transport and stuff. Ooh, what do you mean, the tail boom or the, the tail boom? Yeah. Yeah, the boom, the boom? the boom itself. Yeah, yeah the boom itself yeah. at the frame. Supposed to be easier to kind of take apart. It's more modular, I think. Um, so that way, it's supposed to be like if you need to travel with it or take it apart, it's supposed to be easier. I yeah, I mean it's changed. It's still a nylon boot, nylon bolt system. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't really go into specifics of how it all sure. works, but right, right. There's still a nylon bolt uh, breakaway system in the boom. 
Okay. And I heard just recently on the BK podcast that you are not supposed to reuse your nylon bolts, or at least <laughs> Kyle doesn't, right? The BK pot. What was it? the what? The BK, the BK podcast? podcast. Never heard of it. <laughs> hey, Kyle. Kyle doesn't reuse them. I. I. I've never had. I, I mean, I don't. I don't doubt that it's a good idea. I think it's actually a very safe thing to do. But I've reused them before because when I used to travel all the time, I would just remove the boom um, right before I left. Of course, put it in my case, and then when I got there, I just put the boom back together. Um, what I what I did do though is I used to carry a couple of spare nylon bolts. So when I put the boom back together with the original bolts, if I started to tighten it and I felt like it cut because those nylon bolts, I noticed uh, I've never had one break in flight like per se um, right. without, you know, being, you know, subject to a crash. But I what I've noticed is if you reuse them uh, one too many times at some point when you tighten them up, like you'll actually feel it. You'll feel the bolt like give like you'll feel it strip like it. You right. start tightening. And then all of a sudden you can feel it. Okay, it's getting tighter. It's getting tighter. Oh, it got looser again. And when that happens, of course, I would change it. But until I got to that point, like I never did. Now, to Cal's defense, that's a very safe thing to do, um, especially if you're not. I used to do that because I traveled a lot back in the day. But if it, if I was in a heart landing or something and I removed the boom or a crash and I removed the boom and the uh, bolts look fine to me, I would still replace them. Why not? I mean, they're cheap enough, right? Yeah. It's right. not it, it, you were not trying to skimp here in like two bucks or something. So right. it's better better to spend two or three or five bucks than it is to lose the helicopter later. So yeah, right. absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I've used I've reused them before and you know it's been fine, but with something as cheap as it is and you know, it's just not worth uh, I mean, yeah, but like you, get, you, get, free, you like, get free parts. I don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> like in a hard landing, I always change them and stuff like that, and travel. Like if you can change them, you might as well. But you know, right. using them a few times here and there, it's not. It's not a big issue by any, like it's not a guarantee. You have to change it every time. It's just if you're there and you have the bolts, you just you might as well sort of thing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, is there any info you can give us about the Kraken? You know, besides what's common, like you know. Is there going to be, do they kind of have color schemes set up for it yet? Or is it still waiting? So kind of prototyping. Um, I think SAB is after a higher end helicopter with the Kraken. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, back in the day when Goblin was first released, it was sort of a, a unique helicopter that was more expensive than anything else out there. And, you know, it had a lot of cool features and things like that. And over the course of time, not to say that it's not unique anymore, but, you know, the new is worn off. Right. So, I mean, it's been out for six years and and they continue to make improvements and updates and revisions. Mm-hmm. But the basic the basic um, design, you know, the original design is still in place. Yeah. Um, right. And so, you know, the price has gone down. They've they've improved that not only. Um, are manufacturing more goblins than they were doing in the very beginning. They've they've improved their procedures and their processes for manufacturing. So they've improved on cost. They're doing G10 frames on the sport models. Um, they've made changes to the booms and canopies to reduce the cost. So it, it's it's become a helicopter that's up to par with any other brand when it comes to being competitive on the, in the marketplace with regards to its price level, right? 
Right. And and this new Kraken is kind of taking SAB back to the beginning in terms of innovation. So it, it's just a different animal. It's not there to replace any of the goblins we see today. Mm-hmm. It's just there to like create a new trend and innovate a new model for the future. So okay. with that said, you know, you're not going to get a Kraken for six ninety eight or whatever the price of a Thundersport. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot more, but it's also going to have some really cool features. Not to say it's going to fly better. I don't think it's just going to be a different, a different animal. It's, sure. it's going to be more unique, more original, and it's going yeah. to have some innovation behind it. And of course, the price is going to go up. And maybe it'll set a trend, and it will become the new SAB standard. You know, in in five years, you know what I mean. Sure. In the same way that that the that the original Goblin became the sab standard of today that's right. that's how i that's how i could put it sure sure because i mean i think yeah, with most companies even outside of the the heli industry like you know you kind of go with like the um the crazy design kind of type of like say you know a race car and then you kind of trickle down some of the technology down to the cheaper models kind of deals and and with this new model that like you know it's i'm really interested in in the, the features that it has like the the seventeen millimeter one way bearing that's integrated into the main shaft like I just don't I I can't picture that and I and I want to see you know what what is that what is that gonna actually look like you know they talk about like a fully customizable dampening system in the head you know is it is it a pivoting damping system like the you know the other goblins like the Urukai or the Speed not Speed but the um, uh, Comet or is it you know I'm just curious and then that hotel system you know which we've seen that kind of design before. But it wasn't like it never became a standardization of like helis that you see now. It was kind of like a one-off, and some companies tried it. But knowing that you know SAB is doing it, <laughs> I have a feeling like you know if if it does work well and it's you know it, it reduces the vibrations like you know they're stating for like very high tail speeds. Um, yeah. You know, I could see that more companies kind of adopting that technology too. So well, uh, you know, it's just the really theories- cool. One mm-hmm. of the theories behind the whole tail system was that um, back in the day, uh, some helicopter brands, I'm talking a decade plus ago, some helicopter brands had issues with the tail vibrations, and it was 100% attributed to the length of the tail shaft. The the ratio between the thickness of the shaft and the length of the shaft, right? Mm-hmm. So there were two ways to address the issue. Some people were cutting the shafts down, and some people were like modifying and putting like thicker shafts. Well, you, if you cut the shaft down, you're removing your your travel range on your tail pitch slider, so you're losing sure. tail tail authority because you're losing tail pitch. So um, the whole theory behind the tail system is is that the amount of shaft that protrudes from each from each side of the tail case is much. It's been reduced, right? So mm-hmm. you can run even higher head speeds. It's not like there's an issue now, but I mean, you could get away with murder then, like with the very short tail shaft. You can get away with like extremely unbalanced tail blades, extremely high head speeds. And, you know, you create a tail system that is very, very resilient to vibration. Right. So that was the whole theory. And then the whole one way thing, it's just it, it goes back kind of to a traditional system where the one way bearing is on the main shaft and not on the secondary shaft. You know, goblins ah, today I have see. the I one, see yeah, mean. yeah. Right. So everything is on the main shaft, so it reduces the need. So you no longer have like a secondary pulley that holds the one way. The one way is part of your main, your main gear, right? And then there's a secondary. I don't know if you saw the video where it says two 
independent. I don't know how the video says it, but something as to, I think it says like independent shafts for for the belt the, and transmission. The, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you know now if you want to remove like your motor belt, right? You have mm -hmm. to loosen up the motor and and relieve the the motor belt uh, tension by 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 loosening up the motor. But at the same time, you have to loosen up your tail group right. to yeah. relieve your tail belt uh, tension so you can literally remove the tail belt from that secondary pulley to free up room so you can remove the 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 engine the motor belt. Mm -hmm. So yep. by running by using two independent shafts, now the the tail belt is on its own, the motor belt is on its own. So if you need to replace one or the other or change the tension, you got two independent uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, like two systems, right? You don't have yeah. to like two modular systems. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. A bunch of cool little things like that. Nothing super major, but a lot of cool features like that. Um, servo geometries change. Has it Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. Servo yeah. geometries different. Um, what I can tell is very, uh, comment or like mini comment, like, or fireball, you know, kind of two, uh, vertical standing servos and then one horizontal elevator servo. That's, That's what it looks like. Oh, okay. Well, it's something similar. I, I know the yeah. front servos are, are standing. I can't mm -hmm. quite remember what the, the rear servo is doing, but it's very similar to the uh, full-size Comet setup. Right. Nice. Yep. And yeah. it did mention something about, um, about the main grips. Something different about the main grips. They're like they're mounted differently. It's Because you know, normally you, you have to take your bearings out. You have to take the main grips out to get to your main grip arms. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a head that I've been flying at home for the past couple months. Uh, what they did is they took the arms and they bolt on from the outside now. Okay. So in a crash, you know, yeah. if you land on the head or you hit it just right, you can bend those grip arms. And before mm -hmm. you had to you had to take the grip or the grips off, you know, take the spindle apart and all that. But now, if you bend the arm, this it screws on from the outside. So you just pull the screw out, change the arm, and you're back on without ever having to mess with the spindle or bearings or anything like that. Yeah, and I, I've crashed goblins before, and it's like, I I don't even bend the arms per se, but they kind of, I don't know, you know how it's keyed? And the key yeah. part just kind of pushes on it on, from the inside, and yeah. creates yeah. a little bubble on the outside. It yeah. dimples, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, get, they get tweaked a little bit, and then they're never the same again. <laughs> yeah, and usually like I'm like, okay, you know. Let me just give it a good tight down. <laughs> you know, maybe I could get you know one more. You know, not fly, but like continue flying until I crash it again, and then I have to replace it. <laughs> and you know that yeah. kind of worked. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Just track the blades again. You'll be fine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. So another thing that we saw uh, come out of Italy that, during that week was the their new plane line, right? The SAB. Uh, how do I uh, how do I pronounce it? Is it Avio or? Avio, Avio, SAB Avio, Avio. yeah. SAB Avio, yeah. Can we? Can you talk some about that? Because that thing looks pretty insane. Go for you it. You know, SAB's background has always been, um, you know, SAB's first uh, product uh, was was uh, uh, was a, a carbon, you know, composite product, right? So um, the SAB blades. So it kind of made sense that they venture into more. You know, that if you think about it, when you think SAB and you think of the SAB blades back in the day, um, you know, they started back in the mid 90s when, uh, you know, helicopter rotor blades were mostly made out of wood. And, right. you know, SAB was already making carbon fiber blades. And 
they they captured a, a relatively large share of the market back in those days and and then they came out with a goblin you know in the in the late 2000s and uh and you know you see the goblin obviously it has a lot of carbon fiber work a lot of carbon composite work you know i mean mm-hmm. i mean a boom that at the time was revolutionary because nobody's made i don't think anybody's made a boom like goblin to date they've tried to make covers around the traditional boom and things mm-hmm. like that but nobody's really made it i think it's actually patented i'm not 100 percent sure but i think it is so it kind of makes sense that they continue on that tradition of working with carbon you, you know right. they they released this uh moses which is their kite kite board uh kite kite board product that uh you know they've been very successful with for the last couple of years or whatever so the next thing you know stefano the the original the founder of sab one of the owners is and a very uh, avid um, airplane pilot. I mean, he's he's been in the you know RC airplanes all his life. So it kind of made sense that slowly they start venturing into the airplane side of things. So so they're releasing their new airplane line called Antarctica, mm-hmm. and um, basically there's going to be three airplanes to be released very very soon. The first one is coming out next month, and it's oh, called nice. yeah, it's called the Tortuga. And it's um mm-hmm. it's a tiny little plane. It's very inexpensive. Um, we're gonna stock it at SAB USA, and oh, a lot awesome. of dealers, I'm sure, will. Nice. I think it will retail for three hundred and forty nine dollars. It's a full composite carbon fiber, beautiful little plane. It's a thirty three inch wingspan. Um, you can set it up on a pusher prop, or you can set up set it up on a very small turbine. Um, if you do go with a pusher prop setup, you can get motor ESC for under two hundred bucks. Um, so you you can have turnkey ready to fly plane for about I would say about six hundred dollars with the servos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing is going to f- do about four hundred kilometers per hour wow. uh, with a pusher prop set up. So it's a very adrenaline driven sort of flying for an airplane. You know, I mean, you're talking two hundred fifty miles per hour. It's really really fast. Um, yeah. If you set it up on turbine, believe it or not, it sounds cooler. Um, it's nicer. But it's off, of course, a lot more money, and it's not any faster. So, um, so, but you know, you could do it on both. And then later in the year, I believe October, they're going to release two more models. Those are turbine powered jets. Um, they're uh, yeah, the big guys. Yeah, I don't know that I'm allowed to say much about some of the features, but I know that they're coming into the market with a revolutionary approach in terms of out of the box experience. Right now, you know, for the people listening that are into airplanes, if the guys that are flying jets, if you buy a jet the size of um, these SAB jets, these are what I would consider a mid-sized jet. You know, if if somebody buys something like that today, you know, they're looking at about four to five thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars, maybe four grand, just for the basic kit, and then they have to buy retracts and, of course, servos and the turbine and everything else they need to buy. These things are going to be priced under half of that price range. Wow. So, oh, wow. and they're going to be almost turnkey out of the box. So, I mean, almost like a goblin helicopter. You open the box, you follow the instructions, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a true modeler to put things together. You can get it done in a couple, you know, two or three evenings. Whereas a jet similar to this would take, you know, a couple of weeks to assemble by an right. experienced modeler, you know? Yep. So, um, we're talking wingspans. I call it a mid mid-sized jet. 
uh, wingspan of about, uh, what is it? I think it's uh, average of about 175 centimeters. So what is that? That's like um, 70 inches, 68 inches, something like that. So uh, it's what like, I would consider yeah, a mid-sized 70. jet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, a mid-sized jet. So yeah, it's kind of exciting. I'm, I, I mean, I've always liked turbines. I just, yeah, it's one of those things that I love to fly. But then after I fly them for like three months, I get bored and I go back to my <laughs> helis. But, but it's a good escape from the heli scene, right? Just to yeah. kind of do something different, and then it kind of, it kind of makes you want to fly the helis more. So I'm kind yeah, of yeah, 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 looking yeah. forward to it. No, I'm actually looking forward to the small one because there was a, a video, and I don't know if it was, I think it was a turbine installed on that one and but that thing launched off like i guess i don't know what those pulley launch systems or whatever like the little two rods that stick out yeah that that's that, the that's that's the tortuga that's the one yeah. that's gonna retail for 349 yeah. yeah yeah that thing was a missile it was so damn fast it looks so yeah, cool yeah. so i i know i know i'll probably be picking up one of those and you know yeah oh, you know I'll, I'll, I'll put a neo in there i'll fly three times and be like okay i'll sit on the shelf looking pretty <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, it just looks it looks really cool. And the big ones, I mean, I'll, I'll wait for Guy to get it. Guy, Guy and get they can get get it and and test it and <laughs> let me know how it is. They're, they're really into those jets too. So yeah, that's awesome. So talking about that, how is how is it doing those videos? I know you did the voiceovers on them. You know the whole story for. <laughs> oh my God! So I got a phone call from Stefano, uh -huh. and uh, we were driving up to Virginia. And uh, Susie, Colin, and I, and I just showed him the email. It's like, oh, we have the story, very nice, Italian story, beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, and I was reading it, and I was like, this is crazy. But, I mean, the translation needed a lot of work. Sure. But, you know, I kind of really over over the, the course of that weekend, and then after I started improving on the translation and thinking about the story, I thought it was kind of cool because – what okay so what they're trying to do is they're trying to come up with something that is different and original right everybody that designs jets they go after the f-16 the f-18 hornet all these like oh, scale yeah, jets, or right. yeah or they or they design their own sort of uh sport jet right mm -hmm. they wanted to do something that was not a true scale aircraft like an f-18 but it was not your traditional sport jet they wanted something in between that could look like a scale model, but that was like based on some crazy ass fictional character story, right? Yeah. And so they developed this whole Antarctica story around it. And I think it's cool because if you watch the video or you read the story and then you look at the products that are going to come out, everything makes sense. Everything yeah. has a purpose. So there's the robo drone style aircraft that have no cock cockpit. Yeah. And, you know, no, no pilot in the cockpit, no instrumentation that you can visually see. So it reduces the cost of the model, right? Because there's not all these intricate little, like, parts. Scale detail, to the, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. correct. And then you have the other aircraft that is going to have a cockpit. And then you have the good guys and the bad guys. And some models are labeled the good ones and some are labeled the bad ones. It's kind of like a, I mean, it's a little overboard. Some people would think it is, but I think it was kind of cool because they... It was like, you know, they, they thought of this idea and they just took it from there and they're just going to make their entire aircraft fleet based on this idea. So I think it's cool. And they're really weird looking like it. You know, I talked to a friend of mine. I don't want to mention the name, but he's heavily into jet aircraft. And he was telling me a couple of days ago, he was like, you know, 
I first saw it like when you guys went to Italy a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago or whatever it was. And I was like, those things are ugly. They're hideous. But now the more I look at pictures, the more they kind of grow on me, you know? Yeah. And I was, you know, like I felt the same way with the goblin. When I first saw a goblin in Switzerland in 2011, I was like, mm -hmm. that is the ugliest, weirdest freaking helicopter I've ever seen. But <laughs> after you fly it and you actually own one, you, it just grows on you. And then you oh, just yeah. love it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's it, it's one of those things that's kind of sort of like it's love, love or hate, but I think a lot of people will end up loving it more than hating it. So I think it's it's just cool. It's just a something different, you know. Yeah, and I I love that they put that kind of spin on it, right? They don't make it just like here's a here's a new plane, here's a new you know jet or turbine that we've released, but putting a story behind it, and it it builds up that franchise a little bit more. Yeah, uh, they kind solidified, they always, right? Like, yeah, totally. They always cut. They always look for like. Uh, a reason to do what they do, whether it is a fictional story or mm -hmm. or something that inspires their create their creativity. I mean, Goblin is a well known mystical creature, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's really no correlation there at all, but it is a mystical creature. The Urukai is based on a mystical creature. Yep. The Kraken is based on a mystical creature. So when it came to do airplanes, they were like, "Well, we need to come up with something," and like yes. that's that's what they came up with. So I think yeah. it's cool. I think it's very genius because I, I mean, I could see, I could see them even going further than like because if you think about it, the way that they look, they're very futuristic, very like Destiny video game type, you know, look yeah. to it. And what's good about it is that they can make a video game, they can make a franchise, make a cartoon, make an anime, like you know, like they can take it beyond just the actual plane to, to make not just a hobbyist appreciate it. But, but open it up to like just the general population of, of folks out there, like especially the gamers. There's tons of gamers out there. And if you know you make a game that's kind of like this with that storyline, I'm sure it'll catch on. As long as they have a good development team behind it, pushing, you know, pushing good technology and gaming code. But like, you know, it's just so, like they could do so much with it. And it's, it's great that they don't just release it. You know, they actually put thought into it and, and try to think outside the box. And that's why. One thing I loved about SAB and Goblins is that, you know, it's not your traditional pot and boom. It's not your traditional heli. You look at the transmission system on it. No other heli has a single play transmission block that, like, kind of builds off of that. And just, you know, it's just, it's really nice and it's different. And that's one of the things that's always attracted me to the Goblin, obviously, besides it being different. I like, you know, looking at things that are different. So, um, so I really appreciate that, that, you know, they didn't just like, hey, here's a jet. Cool, you know. And make it affordable, but hey, here's a jet that's affordable. But seriously, like, there's a whole storyline behind it that people could get into, that kids could get into, and can kind of grow, you know? I yeah, agree. It's not just like another F-15 or like an A-10. Like, right. it's a totally different thing, and it's got its own story and deal. Like, I, I like what they did at first. Yeah. I was kind of like, uh, okay, <laughs> and then it kind of all makes sense in the end. But yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, awesome, man. Can you tell us about the actual event out there now? I know um, you guys got a chance to meet up with a lot of your old friends in the hobby and in, in the industry. Directed a, a pretty awesome, as usual, he does these crazy flights on these <laughs> these helicopters, <laughs> beats the living crap out of them, which I don't understand how they don't blow up. I really don't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, can, can you tell us about, like, you know, just like the actual, like, hanging out part of the trip, you know, who you got to meet up with that you haven't, might not have seen in a long time? any stories yeah well it was a theoretically it was a two-day event um saturday was all at the factory so 
you know, all the Goblin fans and, you know, the public were allowed to come into the factory and hang out. And, nice. you know, they, they had some beer and they had some food and uh, a live band playing. So, you know, like you said, Tarek was there and uh, all the SAB Italy pilots and a lot of the guys from Europe showed up. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the people from Ex Nova, like Jin and Joachim, uh, Jin's the owner of Ex Nova. So, mm-hmm. A lot of different people showed up, so it was cool to catch up with those guys and hang out. And uh, towards the end of the night, uh, there were some demos. Uh, I flew and Tarek and Duncan Bossion and you know Sebastiano Gabuti and a bunch of people flew in a field right behind the factory. Uh, we put on some music and just did some flights for the general crowd, which is a lot of fun. And uh, nice. the field wasn't huge, and there was a lot of <laughs> obstacles to watch out for, like a barn and <laughs> you know. <laughs> a lot of various stuff out there but right, right. basically just hanging out saturday intermingling talking looking at the new goblin looking at the new planes and some of the sab moses hydrofoil stuff was on display as well so yeah that stuff's pretty cool too yeah looking at that and then sunday uh there was an event at a field and i think it's in a town called fano uh it's an airplane field and uh on one side there's a bunch of jet airplanes and uh, 3D airplanes flying, and then on the other side, it was all for helis. So, uh, cool. bird flew and I flew, and you just—it was kind of like an open day event. Like you just kind of go up, fly, hang out, yeah. talk nice. to everyone. There. So, so Bert was there flying the new 770 Sport, and mm-hmm. uh, I had a 700, and Tarek was there flying his stuff uh, with about 2,800 RPM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy is just crazy. I don't know, I don't know where he gets his stuff from, but it's it's pretty. Pretty intense. Yeah, Pretty he's, intense. He's changed his flying style too, like drastic, hasn't he? Has yeah. any? I mean, it, it went from a lot of pop and lock 3D to 100 percent RPM and just sending it <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not letting that heli rest at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the only reason it holds together is he doesn't run like a lot of pitch and he doesn't keep it loaded. Like he just kind of pops it and then does some flips where it's not really loading the head a lot. So, okay. Yeah. And the, yeah. the thing is not to undermine what he's doing, but if you slow down his, if, if you, if you play his flights in slow motion, he's doing very, very basic maneuvers, but my God, the, the speed and the, <laughs> yeah. the speed in which he's doing this stuff and how quickly he's steering the tail with the cyclic to, to get mm-hmm. it to where he wants it to go. It's mind blowing. Like he's, it's just crazy. He's, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, but hey, if if you had the resources he has, I'm sure you would be at his level too. So would I. You know. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. So, okay. <laughs> don't don't have to ever wrench. Don't have to touch anything. Don't have to don't have to worry about the financial side of it. Don't sure have to do right. anything. Yeah. Just fly. Just fly. Mm-hmm. Show up. Show up with eight helicopters to the field and fly. Yep. He told us that his mechanic will prepare seven helicopters, seven batteries. So he shows up, flies one after another, and then leaves. Wow. I mean, that's just the life right there. Yeah. Mechanic, they charge your batteries. You just walk up. Oh, okay, this one's powered up. Let's go fly it. Three minutes later, ah, there's the next one over there. Next radio, mm-hmm. done. Like, just one after another. Wow. But, yeah, his flying is incredible. I mean, like Bert said, it's comprised of simple maneuvers, but he does them at 350 miles an hour. Yeah, and that's the that's the... I've heard folks tell me like, yeah, you know, I, I think um, one of our friends said like Todd Bennett would be like, yo, just break down his moves. It's not that difficult. Uh, sure. If you do it at like a snail's pace, <laughs> anyone can maybe <laughs> do it. But the speeds that he does everything, like how does his mind, fingers, all that just work so quick? Because it's just like, <laughs> like just constant, you know? 
Uh, I don't know. That's the it's part that impresses me more. <laughs> Plus, I mean, it's he's always on the deck, like very close, very low, and I like that. Yeah. yeah but honestly, like, but but honestly, like I'm not saying this to undermine what mm-hmm. he does, but if you, I'm serious. If you had somebody that was doing what what that it that was renting yeah, on your stuff, getting it ready, like he does, and, right? Yeah, and you ha- you didn't have to touch anything, and you didn't have to worry about anything that had to do with the financial aspect of it. You know, you treat it like you treat a video video game, right? It it just changes right. perspective on everything. Yeah, no, for Except sure. If I didn't have to pay for any of my heli crashes and just be like, all right, I got seven more. Yeah, <laughs> I would, yeah, I would do. I would do everything so low. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> all right. Um. So I know we don't have too much time, so I kind of want to get into some some BK stuff. First, first, right off the bat. BK design transformation into BK hobbies. Can we kind of go over like that that brainchild of yours? So like how you figured, you know, let's let's do this and how you expanded your business. So, you know, when I started BK Designs, it started by accident, right? I started with a servo brand, BK Servo, of course, mm-hmm. and that was all I had in mind. And it happened by accident in itself. And you know, once the servo brand started to grow. Um, you know, within a year or two, uh, we were asked, we were approached by uh, Angelos out of Spartan in the UK to see yeah. if we would distribute his products. So we got Spartan products back in the day that were up and coming, being very popular. Um, they've lost some of the market share today, although it's still a very solid unit. Right. But, you know, it was the second product that we had. And then shortly thereafter, it was switch plates. And, uh, and you know, we... Our formal entity, you know, our business entity was called BK Designs. And, you know, Susie and I were working for SAB at the time. And, you know, she was working with product uh, dealer distributor support. And I was doing kind of like what Kyle's doing now, but maybe more what Kyle was doing before. Like, you know, all kinds of different things for them. And they kept me really busy. So we didn't really have the time to, you know, come up with any sort of website or online store or anything like that. So... But we were pushing a lot of dealer sales. We're selling mainly to dealers. Mm -hmm. And from time to time, a customer, like a random person, like a friend or a customer, somebody would say, but I want to want to buy directly from you. And I'd be like, "Nah, you have to go to like HeliDirect or A-Main Hobbies or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever hobby shop. Or if you're in Germany, go to World Heli or if you're in like New Zealand, go to like Hobby Hangar and things like that. And eventually, like Susie and I decided, nah, you know, we should just get a website. And it was just done very quickly without any planning. And we just, I went online and I started looking for names. So I'm like, you know what? BKDesigns.com. Oh, it's not available. It belongs to like a furniture store out of Atlanta <laughs> or something. Okay, well, we'll do BKDesignsLLC.com. Like the worst possible, like least commercial name you could ever invent. Like the least brand oriented name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we registered it and, you know, we had it for years. I mean, we started slowly growing our product offering and then SAB approached us and asked us if we wanted to become SAB USA. So logistically everything was being channeled through BK designs, LLC.com. And, uh, and we felt like it was about time to just really make a change because the name, I mean, it's, it's a formal company name. It's our formal entity name, but it doesn't really mean anything for business really. So, the most logical thing to do was just keep the BK brand intact, although I didn't want to, but everybody talked me out of changing the name altogether. We wanted to change to something totally different. Like I, I did. 
Um, even Kyle and I discussed like all kinds of different names and. Can you then, include? Can we? Can we hear about one of one or two names, of these names? What names did we think about, Kyle? I can't remember now. Um, uh, or was it like HouseOfHellies.com? Like <laughs> we yeah. we had all these crazy names, and yeah. then we had one night we had this meeting with our whole team, uh, Joe, our marketing guy, and Gator, mm-hmm. and uh, and Ron, and Kyle, and Susie, and I, and like I don't know who else was in the meeting, and everybody said no. You you have to keep the BK name because people are not gonna. It's just gonna get lost because it's like starting a new brand from the ground right. up, and you're not gonna get the. You know, it's gonna take a long time before people realize. Oh, this is the, yeah, it's the same. You know, it's it's BK Designs. It's now called Joe Blow Hobbies. You know, mm-hmm. so so the easy the the most logical thing was BK Hobbies. It made sense. You know, we carry hobby products. We're, you know, we, we're catering, we're, we're offering servos to the surface guys, the car market. Yep. We're going to be doing airplanes in the future. So it, it yeah. just made sense to do BK Hobby. So it's a work in progress. Um, originally, you know, we've added a lot of products. We're still waiting on some stock here and there of some brands that we haven't been able to get yet, mainly because of cash flow. Uh, you know, it, honestly, I mean, right. it doesn't make any sense to not say the truth. It's a cash flow issue because we have to move so much money to restock ourselves with SAB. I mean, we're supplying the entire country with every single last bit of SAB products there is. We supply mm-hmm. all the major hobby shops, including Heli Direct and A-Main and only fine helis and, you know, anything heli and like everybody, our right. local hobby shop graves. I mean, there's a lot of shops. We constantly have to supply those shops. And, you know, it's always been our full intention to do our best. Uh, the best that we can to to supply our shops because we we I, I'm a firm believer and, and I have always been a big believer that you know uh, wholesale for us needs to come first um, over mm-hmm. retail because you you know trying the only way to grow a brand and to support the entire hobby in general is to support all the dealers. If we start like if if we stop supporting dealers and trying to push our retail side of sales. More, all we're doing is we're creating animosity and yeah. problems for the dealers. I mean, the dealers want to stock SAB. They want to stock BK. They want to stock Switch. They want to stock all the products we have. So we have to give them priority. So it, it's hard. It takes a lot of money, you know, with very little margins to keep the inventory flow going. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're slowly getting acquiring more brands. We got, you know, we acquired Scorpion a few months back, and then we started getting Mikado uh, electronics, you know, like V bar Neos and and yep. V V controls. Where we have the new touch V control touch coming. We've take, been taking pre orders for that. Um, we're getting Xnova. We have a handful of Xnova motors now. Uh, Hobby Wing is coming. I think next week. So it's a, it's a slow nice. process. You know, it's growing slowly, but it's growing. So yeah. So, but you know, it's just it it, it was a logical uh, progression, right? Of of uh, of of what of what our company needed to get to. So whereas BK Designs is the parent company, it it, it owns all these various brands. And then you have underneath it, you have BK Servo, you have Switch Plates, you have SAB USA, and you have BK Hobbies. And they're all their own separate entity. So, yeah, so just kind of kind of excited about it. It's been a crazy project, a lot of work. But <laughs> so far, far, we're good and we're happy. Just uh, nice. working our butts off, you know? Keep yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, or let's hear a little bit about the, the podcast now. So, you, so BKRC Podcast? 
Yeah, I mean, that's something that Bert and I started doing, mm-hmm. I don't know, it feels like a month ago now. I think we have uh, four episodes coming out, and we have a few recorded and a few topics left to cover, and it's not it's not really about BK Hobbies at all. I mean, it's just Bert and I getting on, uh, yeah. getting behind the microphone and just talking, talking with people and talking about a lot of topics that he and I feel strongly about. Um, so curious. Kind of sharing the wealth of knowledge. Right. Yeah. So curious, why why move away from the smack talk uh because yeah, you know, Bert, you had the smack talk going for a while. Just curious, why, why, you know, kind of move away from that, I guess, brand, and then do the BK podcast. Do you want to answer that, Kyle? Well, smack talk originally <laughs> was between Bobby and Bert, and mm-hmm. uh, Bobby is busy off doing his own thing, and he's working various gigs of doing design. Sure. Yeah, Watson Innovation. We see all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, stuff. Very busy on social media, and. Uh, the the podcast was was between Bert and Bobby. So now that I work at uh, BK Hobbies with Bert, you know he and I are together five days a week, sometimes seven days a week, all the time. Mm-hmm. So it made more sense to direct it more towards what he and I do versus what he and Bobby did. Sure. So that makes we, sense. we changed it towards that. And Smack Talk is still alive and well. It's the business model has changed now. Um, Bobby and I have been focusing on that. Not really focusing, but. We've done a few episodes since mm-hmm. I moved down to Orlando, and he and I are really struggled to find time to put a lot of energy into it. So any future Smack Talk episode will be free, uh, but it's just not going to be you know the same uh, high quality video production sort of thing. Like it'll just be him and I hitting record on an iPhone, and you know more simple editing because to edit an episode of Smack Talk was a one to two day venture, as Bert I'm sure very fondly remembers uh, from back in the day. Uh, editing one of those episodes is quite the undertaking. So uh, it's just been kind of transitioning from the Bert and Bobby show to more of the the Bert and Kyle show and branding it towards what Bert and I do together. And yeah. and, that, and, and that's a good thing. That's a very valid point. But also, like Kyle nailed it because not just I don't mean this in any sort of disrespectful way because Bobby's my good friend. I've known Bobby since it was like I don't know fifteen years of age or yeah, whatever. right. <laughs> um, I mean, we go way back, but. Bobby's been so busy and we've been so busy doing what we do and Bobby's doing what he does. I would saying that we don't have anything in common sounds pretty harsh, but because that's not the case, but when you don't hang all the time, right? It, right. it makes it a lot harder to mesh and, and come up with ideas to do a podcast together. So, and it, it, you know, needless to say, Bobby lives, you know, 45 minutes away from me, whereas Kyle is like 10 minutes down the road and like Kyle said, we see each other every day. So as we're like, you know, he might be sitting on his desk. My desk is literally, you know, 15 feet away from his. And I'll yell at him like I yell at him like constantly. Hey, what do you think of this? Hey, what are you doing now? Yeah, what are you doing? Like I bugged right. the crap out of him all day. So <laughs> so we exchange a lot of ideas. So we come up with things to like we have these topics that, oh, that's a good idea. We should do something about that, you know. And so when it comes time to record. It's such a natural, easy uh, thing to do. It just flows. You know, it's it's not forceful. It's not scripted. It's just easy. We make a few notes on what we want to talk about. We already discussed the topic casually on a normal right. any given day. We just make five, six bullet points of what, you know, we should, you know, touch up upon, you know, within that topic. And off we go. Uh, that's something that I that would be harder to do with somebody that you don't spend a lot of time with. You know what I mean? And, no, and, totally. And, yeah. And, and, and you know, and then smack talk, 
not to say that it's gone because it's it's been off and on for the last what four years now Mm -hmm. but it's it's uh i hate to say it it sounds harsh but it's sort of a thing of the past you know smack talk had a great a great um listener uh base a great audience not for the podcast necessarily because it was very short-lived but for the instructional videos themselves and it got to that point where we both felt like we did, you know, I don't know, 50 plus video, one hour long video episodes. We felt like we've running out of content. We didn't want to make the content brand oriented. We wanted to make it brand neutral. So it was mm-hmm. very difficult to like talk about something without getting into a specific brand. And, you know, if we would have said, oh, we're going to talk about BK servos, we're going to talk about MCAS, we're going to talk about Goblin or Align or whatever, it would have been easier. We would have had a lot more content to produce, right? Let's talk about the new Align 700 Nitro. Okay, well, we could have spent half an hour on that. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the new Goblin this. Like, sure, we could have done half an hour. But we wanted to make it very pr- product or brand, brand neutral. Sure. And it was very difficult to come up with a topic that would encompass a particular subject without getting it, you know, without getting into too much detail if you didn't bring a brand or a specific product into the mix. And so with that said, we... We just run out of real content. You know, there's mm-hmm. so much you can do. Um, you know, Kyle and, and uh, I mean, Bobby uh, re- revisited or, or uh, did some episodes with Kyle yeah. about the V-bar and the V-control, which was had not been done, of course, because it's a newer product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what else do you guys do, Kyle? Um, we did uh, ESCs as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Covering ESCs, but I mean, the same, Bobby and I ran into the same problem that Bert just mentioned is that, you know, I live right around the corner from Bert, but for me and Bobby to meet up, it was like a 45 minute drive to go see him and like go to the field. And it's like, well, I'm busy this day, but he's free that day, and then I'm busy that day. So, like, when he and I would hook up, it's like a perfect storm, and then we only have that one day. Right. So, so say the mic wasn't on or the audio wasn't good, it's like, all right, well, we got to reshoot when he's free again. Uh, two weeks from now. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. Like, yeah, what are we doing a show so on again? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was, it yeah, was and I mean, and, really and, and pot, podcasts are 10 times easier than video or 100 times easier. I mean, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, I love podcasts. You know, Kyle and I, I will sit down and in a matter of 45 minutes an hour because we make short, short ones. We're mm-hmm. done, it's done. It doesn't even need any editing. I think I've edited a couple little 10 second sections where I got or somebody got a little carried away. But other than that, you know, it's easy. The video, man, was like, okay, well, cut, do this, do that. Yeah. Oh, the light, the light yeah. sucks here. The audio, yeah. you know, use wireless microphones, and then you get some interference. Or if you use a pot and boom, sort of like a boom microphone, then you get, like, if it's not set up right, then you don't get the right audio. If you use, like, a, a lapel microphone, you might get, like, wind coming in. Like, man, I mean, yeah. I, I saw an episode that Bobby and Kyle did. Not, I'm not trying to bash on them, but... I uh, I know it has it's very challenging, but there was one episode I think Kyle was the I think it could have been the ESC. There was a lot of wind through the microphone yeah. in one of the scenes. It wasn't all of them, but yeah. if you start getting really picky about the quality of the production, man, I mean, you can reshoot the same stupid scene ten times, and then when you think you got it right, then you screw up yourself and right. then you say because <laughs> it has to be scripted, right? It's like, yeah. hey, everybody, you know, we're gonna talk about this, blah blah, and then you screw up, and you're like, dang it. I got to start over again or cut. And then you try to remember where you left off and where you have to pick up and then the editing and the exporting and then the rendering and the uploading, man, it, it, I mean, Jesus, 
It's yeah. very time consuming. Very time consuming. And it's then, crazy. and then when you break it down, is at that time people were paying for it. So if they're going to put money into it, you definitely want the audio and the video to be perfect or as perfect as possible. Right. So right. if if there was a bunch of wind, like Bert said, like it was funny. Like we would edit it on like Apple headphones, and you can't hear the wind. And then you play it on like a nice TV with surround sound, and it's just all bass because there's nothing but wind. And then it's like, all right, well, I guess we got to do this over again. Yeah. So, I mean, fighting the wind and fighting video issues, it's just like, all right, this is this is taking up all of our time. And as much as we wanted to keep doing it and we'd love to keep doing it, it just wasn't viable for, you know, Bert, uh, Bobby and I. And we wanted to have Bird in it and, you know, keep the smack talk going. Yeah. But it's just a, it's a challenge. But smack talk will come around again. Bobby and I have some ideas for free episodes. You might hear some wind. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> It'll come out. See, but that's that's very true, and like, and that's one of the things that um, I don't want to drag this for too long. But mm-hmm. um, Bobby made a very valid point, and and Kyle just made it too. When you when you charge people, people expect a decent production, right? And yes. you cannot just do it for free. Not to say that you know we want to make money off of everybody, but the point of the matter is when you have to give up literally three or four days, twelve hour days you know, to shoot oh, a video, you you just can't volunteer that time because you're there's something else you could be doing. You you gotta make a living, right? And yeah. so it's always been done to where the charge is relatively small. You know, it used to be three dollars. Now Bobby's using uh this is all Bobby Bobby's idea, which I think was great. He's using Vimeo. And Vimeo charges you like fifteen percent fee and you gotta pay like a membership fee and this and that plus the PayPal fee. So it's twenty some percent goes away. So he raised the prices, but it's still like in the four, five, six dollar range yeah. for a video, wasn't it? Like three or four dollars if you ran it, and like seven. If, I don't remember, but it's still it's cheap. Like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's enough to cover the cost. And I mean, I think Kyle made two hundred fifty bucks in three months doing this. So I mean, that that there shows you it's not a lot of money, but it pays for the server, the downloads, the fees, right, and right, right. and if something breaks, you can buy at least a microphone or two. But my point is, when you when you charge, you know, people deserve the best that they can get, right? So the decision yeah. was made that uh, from now on, if there's any new content, it's going to be all free. And the difference is, it's going to be unedited, uncut, easy content. It might not be an hour-long episode. It'll be 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, 20 minutes here, 5 minutes there. And we don't have to worry about the quality of the... Pr- I mean, we're not going to put out some crap, right? But we don't have to worry yeah. if there's wind noise or if, like... Somebody kind of messed up a little bit on the words on a scene or if there's like it, it's it's a lot more laid back because it's just free, you know, yeah. so a lot, e- a lot easier, a lot less stress. So and to tell the truth, I think I think, you know, the viewers will probably um, understand and appreciate it either way because they get a little more insight on, you know, on on not just like what you guys are talking about, but also you, you know, because when you make mistakes or you have bloopers, you know. People love that stuff. I, I've, I've been, I mean, I love that stuff <laughs> when I, <laughs> when I see or hear that, because it's like, you know, it kind of makes like, oh, you know, they're human just like us, you know, like everyone else. So yeah. yeah. There's plenty of smack talk bloopers that go around. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I have a question. Does the BK in BK podcast stand for Bert and Kyle? Yeah, Bert, yeah. Bert and Kyle. yeah, that's the whole thought process. Why do you think I hired him? Because when I started the BK thing, I knew that Kyle was going to be involved. So that's nice. why, yeah. Well, yeah, I meant just, just the podcast. You Bert. beat me to the – no, both. BK Hobbies, too. Well, so 
<laughs> you know what that sounded like to me? It sounded like uh, uh, has a new business partner. <laughs> Your partner yeah. style. You made partner status. <laughs> Steve, it's a good thing you didn't work with Bert because then it would be BS. <laughs> oh, that's a good one right there. Oh, shit. I will clap my hands. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Nice. Uh, all right, so there is one more thing I want to... Well, that's just, why I couldn't use my wife's first initial either, because it would have also been BS. <laughs> oh, right, right. Uh, oh, my God. So one last thing I want to kind of uh, talk about before we wrap this. And I don't know if, you know, you, if it's been... The product has been developed enough to talk more about it, but I know at Spring Fling, um, you know, you were testing some some something new from BK Servos. You know, it had some blue electrical, uh, blue <laughs> tape on it, but you know, there's something new in in, the, in that goblin there that you're flying. Is there anything you can talk to us about that? Give us some what insight. Say, what do you have to say, Carl? <laughs> he's gonna let me talk about it because uh, he he's confused. He doesn't know what to say. You got, he, he's, um, he, yeah, you got him sweating. He's sweating <laughs> right now. You can't see it, but I am dripping with sweat. I don't know what to yeah. say. Just gonna be quiet. Really? Ah. Treading on thin ice here. Um, I'll say that it's cool and it's fun. <laughs> and uh, man, I don't know what to say right now. I'm so lost. All the coaching I've given you on like political mastery of the hobby this has not worked. Oh man, I am. <sighs> so so okay. Let me answer that in a politically correct way. Um, let's see. So I don't like to show something. I, Okay, so let me let me backtrack a little bit. We should have never we should have never brought these things to Virginia. And I'll tell you why we brought them to Virginia, but let me go back to the story. Mm-hmm. I don't like to ever show anything unless I know I am ready to release it. So with other in other words, I show it 4 weeks later is on the shelves. I I can't always accomplish that because there's so many things that could go wrong during production there could be customs delays there could be the the, the, so many different things but but the goal is like okay we show it here's the deal here's video here's what you can expect here's how much it's going to cost here's when it's available and that availability date should not be four or five weeks beyond when we first show it i don't believe in showing something and then starting to test and then release it eight months later i think that's wrong Mm -hmm. so with that said, we would have never brought those things to Virginia, but we had just started testing on them. And Kyle had a set and I had a set, and we were flying them and testing them three or four days before we had to like go to Virginia. And then Kyle looked at me and he's like, dude, this sucks. Like we have to take these things off the helis and, and all this. And I'm like, no, don't worry about it. Let's just put a piece of tape over it. <laughs> um but, you know, the wait is worthwhile. We've run into some challenges with some uh, electronics that we're trying to source for these things and uh, changing some tolerances on the gears. And it's going to be worthwhile. Like, I think it's pretty much a rumor now. It's not been made official. People don't know what they're going to be called. But all I can say is they're going to be awesome. They're going to be awesome. And I'm thinking, I am thinking, I'm not 100% sure. I'm waiting on one last thing from the factory that I should know by the end of this week. But I'm thinking we'll make the announcement by um, the 4th of July weekend, which, you know, means, you know, shortly thereafter they'll be available. So 
but I'm trying, I'm trying to be a little careful with like what, like, I mean, technically we could just come out with it now and say, Hey, this is what we're doing. But Mm -hmm. why? Like it makes no sense. Let people wonder once they see it and they see pictures and they see a video, then it'll be very quick. It's a servo, man. It's not, you know, if it was like a big, if it was a Ferrari, then yeah, you can make people wait three (laughs) years for it. Or if it was a Kraken, you can make people wait eight months for it, but it's a servo. It's a servo. So it's all good. It's all good. We're just trying trying to keep improving things. That's all we're doing here. Sure. One question I have is, is it blue? Tell me it's blue. (laughs) No, we can't. We can't spoil it, man. Okay, 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 okay. All right, all right. Uh, No. no. Is blue blue good or bad? It's Mm. I'm I'm curious now. He asked the question. I have oh, a counter- I I I, I would love it to be blue because I don't know. That's you, when I look at BK servos. I know you had the the brushless line and being black, but to me, BK servos is blue. Like that's the your brand's color. You know, the blue yeah, shirt, I love, I the love blue servos. Yeah, you I know? love that blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been a big fan of blue. I like that blue. That like na- It's not navy. It's not royal. Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that blue. Yeah, I. It's. I. We were thinking we were gonna do like a very like a yellow servo, goldish color. But gold, gold, brown. The color of crap. <laughs> oh, oh, kidding, kidding. Come on. We'll, t- we'll tell you. We'll tell you off the air, Steve. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Kevin, if you haven't, do you have any other questions or? Well, I have another question, but I don't know if they can answer it or if they can't. We can edit this whole thing out. But um, did you guys get a chance to fly the Kraken? Uh, no, neither of us have flown it yet. But uh, Mr. Uh, Tarek Al Saudi has flown it. Our dear friend right. Tarek has flown it. Yeah. yeah. I saw that video. Yeah. 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 Hopefully uh, soon we will be getting some test flights on them. But as of right now, the only pilot that's flown it is Tarek. And from what I heard, he was very, very happy with it. Uh, he says it's pretty strong, unbreakable in his words. And uh, he says it flies good. So nice. <laughs> we're off to a good start, nice. at least. Yeah, off to a awesome. good start. And if you okay. saw that video, you saw he was not at all easy on it. No. No. He definitely put it through its paces at about 2750 RPM. So. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to come on the show. Yeah. Sure. Great, man. So much information. Good laughs. Good times. It was definitely fun. Definitely fun. Um, you guys need to come to our show. Seriously. Yeah. How about we, we plan it for the next sometime in the next couple of weeks? How about that? Definitely. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. Let us know when. And uh, you guys normally do it on, on the Fridays, right? So, I mean, it's fine. We can make it work. Um, we could, we, we, do, we don't we don't really have a schedule, per se. We try to release them on Wednesday. But, you mm-hmm. know, we're about two weeks ahead of time. So, Okay. Yeah, so anytime is fine. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you let us know when and we'll we'll be there. Appreciate cool. it. Nice. Awesome, cool. man. So let's uh yeah, let's go to news and announcements. All right, news and announcements. Do you have any? I'm I slack with this stuff. I don't know. You what does do. what does what does Horizon Hobby have? <laughs> what does Horizon Hobby have? <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Well, I mean Bert mentioned some news, right? Saying that um the that airplane, the SAB Avio uh, to, to, to tag, whatever it was, Tuag, to, to, to tag, whatever, nice. <laughs> the smaller jet, the 30-inch one, um, it's going to be released soon, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be coming soon, and BK Hobbies will be stocking that as soon as they hit the, the States. So 
I can't wait to get my hands on one of those. Um, I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna try to get one of those. You know, not the bigger ones, even though the bigger ones are pretty affordable. But once you get into turbines and the the field equipment you need for that stuff, it's just it's you know for now it's not something um, that I can budget for. So yeah, but yeah, I'm thinking that little one. I'll slap a new in there, and I'm gonna go push a prop, and you know go go yeah, real, yeah. go real affordable. You know, and I'll put good stuff in there. I'm not going to cheap out like I do with, like, you know, my foam board planes or, like, my just foamies in general. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get, like, I'll get some decent servos in there. I'll get some, uh, you know, I think it's only a two-channel, like, two-servo setup, right? It's uh, Elevons, I believe. So, so you know, I'll splurge and get, some, like, two decent servos in there. Um, I'll get, like, the motor-wise, I don't know if, like motors really have like i don't know uh, are really much better i mean i guess obviously like the helicopter motors we get there's there's definitely quality to them but on the airplane side like i'll probably just go to altitude hobbies get a supplement motor or something like that or yeah. or maybe one of those um those green ones from um what is that company it's from it's a chinese company but tacon okay yeah, they're supposed to be pretty good motors too. So, uh, you know, I'll do that, and I'll probably throw in a hobby wing, you know, ESC or Scorpion or something. Maybe, maybe a Scorpion, if depending on what size motor uh, ESC is gonna need. If I could get, I've, I'll either run a hobby wing with a UI sensor because I do want to get telemetry, um, and a GPS and stuff module in there, or I'll do like a Scorpion. You know, if it's like it needs a one twenty, I'll get a Scorpion one twenty. You know, like I'll do yeah. that. So, well, I have a news and an announcement. Yeah, what do you got? Just hot off the YouTube press, I saw that Flight Test put out a video. Uh, Andres, our buddy Andres, who worked yeah. for them part time mm -hmm. in the summer, yep. he built a Red Bull themed Edge 540 out of Dollar Tree foam, dude. And when you see this thing, you uh, would swear him. it. Yeah, knowing him, you would yeah. you would swear it was like store bought. You know, the only it's the rough angled edges that are the only thing you can tell. Uh, that this is just a Dollar Tree foam plane, and this kid's unbelievable, man. The fuselage has the whole canopy section all built in, and that all comes off. The wing goes in the middle, and that piece goes back on, and it just it looks like a crazy awesome flyer, man. I hope they put this out in some kind of uh, kit, because maybe I'll build it. I don't know. I haven't built a flight test plane in a while, because uh, mm. I really haven't... I don't know. I haven't been really motivated to build the flight test stuff anymore and it's not the flight test stuff in air quotes it's the dollar tree foam stuff that i'm really like eh, you know they're good they last a little bit i like the vegan i'll probably build another vegan mm -hmm. but that's about it man i i don't yeah. know yeah yeah no i totally understand i feel like you know something like the vegan i really like and you know maybe i'll do another bushwhacker because i really enjoyed that plane too but it's like I mean, I see a lot of newer planes. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'd like to build that, but I just never get the motivation to do it. Yeah. You know? So. And, I, and I'm like, you know, after like a year of seeing what happens to some of my planes, like I almost want to wrap the control surfaces and all the, the single, you know, sheet areas in some kind of wood because, you know, wrap the edges only because they seem to twist on me after a year, you know? Why not fiberglass there? I guess I could, but I just don't want to get it to fiberglass. And it's not that difficult. I mean, it's probably difficult to get it to look really good. <laughs> but mm. It's not that difficult to just make it look messy. 
But um, they're if you're looking That's for cool. the video, it's called We Challenge You Red Bull Air Race. Obviously, I didn't listen to this video mm-hmm. because we were recording, but it um, looks like they're, you know. So you, do they have a the plans challenge. out for that, do you know, or no? No, uh-uh. no, they definitely don't have the plans out for it. Okay. But I hope they, they do because plane looks sick. It looks like a 48-inch wingspan. I mean, it looks mm-hmm. no, considerably I'm, I'm just looking decent at- size. Yeah, I'm not looking at the video, but I just take a quick Google search and I, and you know I see like the, I guess the the picture that the video the you know for the yeah. and he's like they're hovering it right in front of him whatever, yeah it looks cool. All right, any other news announcements? No. All right, catching up on Telerotor and Full Pitch, I'm like these guys really go into the news. <laughs> we don't really go into the news like they do. So for news announcements, go check out their podcast. <laughs> well, that's good, dude, because yeah. I go to Horizon Hobby. I'll type in Google RC Airplane News or whatever, and I used to do that. And, you know, the guys are more, you know, in-depth in the news than us. That's good. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I said, you know, I think you mentioned it. Like each podcast kind of brings something to the table yeah. like that's unique. So yeah, I'm yeah. okay with that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know? So awesome. All right. So let's move to what's next for you in the hobby. What's next for me, man? Uh, I don't know. We got the Warwick Fun Fly coming up this weekend. I might go up there and check that out. I got to figure out what I'm doing with these two Sequoias that I have. I have the one that's 4S, uh-huh. and I was having problems with the ESC. The other one, I don't know whether I was going to do 3S, 4S, 6S. I don't know. Ooh, you, you had said 6, and I was like, oh, that sounds like a good idea, but I really just want a beater, you know? And I have those 3S batteries that are still really good, and it flew really nice on the stock setup. So I don't know what I'm going to do. And I have the motor. I just got to get a replacement shaft. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I got to get that going because I miss bringing at least one airplane to the field, you know, and having some fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it for me, man. I got to look at stuff and maybe go to Funfly. What are you going to be up to, man? Yeah, so I don't know about the Warwick Funfly. I thought about it. Um you know, I just my my worry is that it's it's a planker fun fly and I'm not gonna wanna like you know, like I don't mind flying a plane one you know, once or twice, but I really wanna fly helicopters. Like that's what I'm into, that's what I'm progressing in, that's what I'm concentrating on. So it's like if I go up there, I might go to like check it out for an hour and then head home or head to maybe the Warwick field that we have up there, you know, the the farmer field. And actually do some flying myself, just because I want to. I want to fly. If I'm going to fly, like if I'm going to do a fun fly, I want to fly helis. And if I can't fly helis because it's like constantly planes in the air and they don't want me to fly a big 700 with them, it's like you know what am I going to do? Yeah. So you know, so I don't want to ruin it for anyone else. So it's like I'll maybe go up there check it out. Maybe not even register to fly. Check it out. You know, if I if it's something that I can, they have a heli flight line or. You know, or they can accommodate me with the heli stuff. Maybe I'll I'll register and fly. If not, I'll have my stuff with me, and I'll probably just go to um, the farmer's field and, and fly there um, for a couple hours and then head home. Yeah. Okay. So I know that's Saturday. So I know I know Muse is going up there, but Muse is a planker now. So you know he's gonna have tons of stuff to fly up there and, and do well with. You know, I just I don't know. Maybe if I had like that escapade built, or um, I had like I don't know. I mean, I could bring that little. Foamy that I have the West uh, Mich- West Michigan Park Flyer. Yeah, you know, but if it's windy out, that's that's a wash, you know, for the most part. Like I'll, I'll probably throw it in the air, but I don't know. 
Um, I gotta figure out what batteries I used on that. I don't remember what batteries I had for that. Well, I don't remember either, man. I know 3S? it was 3S because I, I I propped it up for 3S because I, I liked to pull from 3S when, when I was trying to hover and started dropping. But I think it was like a, it might be the 3S 850s, which I have coupled for the Oxy 2. I just have to change the connector since I went to uh, an XT30 on them. So I got to just change the connector on the ESC and I, and I could I could fly that. So that's maybe I'll bring that. Maybe that'll be the one plane I bring, you know, with me because I could also stack that on top of plane, uh, my helis and not worry about it, you know. So yeah. room is not a, it's not something I have to question. Yeah, so that that'll probably yeah. I don't know. We'll see. What's your plan? You gonna you gonna definitely do the Warwick Fun Fly? I don't know. See what happens. I know it's there. Yeah, um, I might do the same as you. Yeah, well, let's stop by at least, you know, and support them that way. Yeah, I'd like to um, check it out. Yeah, check it out, and then and then we can make the decision there if, if we want to fly or not. I don't even know where it is. I think it's. I know Muse was saying it's like. It's the in way Warwick. We, yeah, it's in Warwick, but like it's like the way we go to our the the farm field. He's like instead of making a right on that road, you just go straight up that hill, and supposed to be there. So. Oh. Um. But yeah. Anyways, we'll, we'll we'll see about that. I'm gonna definitely work on this RC car some more. I'm really stoked about it and. Yeah, I mean, I got to clean the family room anyway because all everything is just brought out in the family room right now. So it's a, a bit of a mess. I do need to get this done. Um, I am going to work on my scale heli a little. So right now, currently, the Baja 5B is on one of my tables because I need to figure out how I'm going to pack it and ship it to Florida. But um, on the other table, I'm going to clear that off and put my scale heli there. And Oh, I didn't, I didn't mention it. I got my order from BK Hobbies. So nice. I have, let me look over here. Hold on. Okay. So I, you know, I have the 3D printed um, um, fuel tank holder for the SAB for the Black Nitro. But, you know, it's cool that 3D printed. But, and, you know, but I look at it and it's like, eh, it kind of, it's kind of an eyesore for me. And it's not the color. I don't mind the purple. But I, I don't like that, like, the edges are rough on it and stuff because I use supports to print it. And when you break supports off, it doesn't leave a clean edge. So I'm like, screw it. Let me get the actual SAB aluminum black nitro upgrade. So I ordered that. I have a whole slew of blades here. So I ordered two sets of 283s, switch blades, two sets of 325 for the Oxy 4. They were out at 353, so I couldn't order those because I would order two sets of those. And just for the hell of it, I ordered one set of 253s for the uh, for the Oxy 3. So in case I go through these 283s, you know, two, two sets of 283s, I have a backup of 255s or 253s that I'll I'll fly a little easier until <laughs> they come back in stock. <laughs> You know, and then I can get get more of the the 283s for the Oxy 3 because you know the Oxy 3. We crash those things almost on a weekly basis, so I'm, I'm going through blades pretty pretty quickly on those. So, so I figured when they're in stock, I'm just like let me order two of everything. You know, um, yeah. yeah. So I I dropped quite a bit of money. It's it's surprising how much these blades, you know, um, add up. Yeah, you know, when you're ordering, like, whatever they're well, like. When you're at ordering two at a shot, too, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I have five I sets you. of blades. It's like, you know, and it was well over $100. Like, it was a lot of money to drop. So, but whatever, you know, I, I, I need them. And it's not like I'm not going to use them anyway. So, it's not like uh, I'm wasting just, money. So. Yeah, I was going to say, you'll, you'll use them. Yeah, so. Um, 
yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this week. Oh, I do have a. Uh, I I am working on a couple things. Um, RC related, but not flight related per se. Not car related. Not radio control related per se. But um, I got some updating to do on, on our website, which I'm going to be working on. But I'm also building a new website. What? Uh, I'm waiting to see what domain I can get for it. It's not my website. I mean, I'm building it, but it's not for me or for... Oh, it's not for podcast. the podcast? No. Oh, I thought it was for the podcast. No, it is for Rob McClellan and the McToon site. Oh, I thought it was for my other podcast that I'm going to be starting, The Kevin Show. Well, because it's just you, you got to do that all by yourself. It wouldn't no. be fair if I did it. It'll just be a blank. It'll be a URL <laughs> with just a black page. It'll just be like under construction for the like, next 10 years. Oh, I hated those sites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in uh, the prodigy days. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so I, I started a little bit of it. Um, you know, not... Basically, I've kind of picked a theme and a basic layout, but I haven't really put content in there yet. Uh, I'm still waiting for more content from Rob, and also I need to officially we need to officially buy a domain and uh, figure out what domain he's gonna go with. So, uh, what is this website gonna be for? It's gonna be for his nitro stuff, his nitro tuning, you know, help okay. stuff, you know, just just you know, basically Rob's kind of. Space on the interwebs for like folks that you know. Uh, Rob's little corner of the internet. Yeah, you know why? Why do they call you McToon? Well, here's why. <laughs> you know, here's here's some helicopter tuning videos. Here's you know we're gonna we want to add some cool stuff like um, a Q and A section where like people can post like, oh, I have a question. How do I do this? And they can post it and and kind of probably in like more of a blog format, but be able to answer questions and help people that way. So it's not like. You're scrolling through a thousand pictures and a thousand videos trying to figure out how, why is my engine stalling? Why is my nitro motor? I started as soon as I put load on it, like start spinning the blades, it freaking stalls on me. Why? It runs perfectly at idle and I can, you know, you know, like whatever, but it just stalls. Well, and he'll, he'll, you could ask that question and he'll, he'll kind of guide you through what steps he would go through to troubleshoot that. And, and then, and then we'll make that a post so that it's available for future reference. So he has a couple ideas like that that we want to do. And, and so I'm going to start building that basic site and getting that going for him and then kind of hand it over to him to, you know, I mean, I could be his webmaster and help maintain it, but for the most part, kind of like let him roll with it and, and run it and see how, you know, how he does with it. So, yeah, so it should be cool. Cool. Okay, uh, let's uh, wrap it up then. All right, let's wrap it up then. Wrap it up. Wrap, wrap it up. up. Charlie, wrap it up. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Elvis videos, and he has that guy that brings his water and towels on stage, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, so we are at 782 likes, so Facebook likes. Let's see what we got here. What do we got here? Crickets? Yes, cricket. So, 782 likes, and we have no new likes. Wow. Nothing? I think that's a first. But then some of these names I don't remember. Well, the last one you read was uh, Svensson. Svensson, yeah. But I don't remember ever saying Jay Spence, Ryan Tornavaca, or Bradster Adamus. All right, so throw those three out. How about this one, too? Don Antonelli? I don't remember that. No, I don't remember that either. Doug Witchin? 
Doug Witchin? Yeah, W-I-T-T-C-H-E-N. I don't know. Read them all, dude. Yeah, but they're like they're out of order. Like they're between like Hal Dahl's in there and Ryan Schloblon. Sorry, Ryan. Um, Bob Winter. Like you know, they're just kind of mixing. Did I say Dana Halas? Halas? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, Dana's um, Mike Sobey's fiance. Yeah, I don't think so. Daryl Volk. Tiago ATG. I don't remember some of these names. Mm. Oh, I, Facebook. How about Wesley Milan? I don't remember saying that. Uh, I, I don't remember. Mean, I don't remember saying this name either. Blake Boney. Blake Boney. Yeah, I think I would no. remember that. Yeah, is he Boney? Think he's a Boney guy. It's um, like no. It's like Sarah Noodle. She's like noodly. No, he looks like he's wearing uh He's a big jack dude that's gonna kick my ass. Some kind of uniform of some service, yeah. Oh boy. Uh maybe Thank you for your oh, service careful. and he's probably I think yeah. So he's probably walking around with Boney on his on his shirt. Like they didn't bust his chops. Wait, I'm gonna take a look here. One of his Yes, B O N E Y. Yes, his name tag says Boney on it. But I do like his Facebook, um, his little message says flying. It's not a hobby. It's a lifestyle. I kind of like that. Well, thanks, Blake. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, hopefully Facebook will get their shit together for next week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One bajillionaire. Yeah. And he can't can't get get his shit together. Yeah, he can't get fucking. You know how many, you know, very, very smart engineers he has? And really? Really? Not smart enough. Oh, boy. All right. So Facebook comments. What do we have for Facebook comments? Well, I got a, we got a Facebook comment from Mark Ritchie on the mm-hmm. last podcast we did with Uncle Ron in the house. And he said, nice one, boys. Just in time for his drive to DACA tomorrow or morrow, as they say in Australia. And Kyle Schneider said, thanks for the mention on the fun fly uh, on the show. It's a fun fly. They put ads around in the public area. Yep. And he was also, he said it was awesome to hear Ron's voice and hearing the smile in his voice as he talked about helicopters on the show. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I brought this up is because we had mentioned that it was a uh, fun fly and we weren't sure if there was full scale going on as well. Yeah. Well, we didn't know if it was like an air show fun fly, like a club just presenting it to the public or, you know. Yeah. Cause it says air show. Yeah. So it was kind of, com- you know, confusing. Yeah. We got it straight. Yep. I got that one on my calendar. I'm probably going to try and head out to that one. Yeah, me too. I'd, I'd like to, um, you know, come down and check it out. You know? Yeah. It's a, I think we looked it up. It's like a two-hour drive or two, two, yeah, yeah. two hours, two and an hour and 15 minutes. So it's not too bad. So we'll, we'll definitely try that. Not too bad. Yeah. Uh, Chris Breams, our friend, posted a couple of... Uh, Pictures from the 2018 float fly upstate New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some A5s, icons, icon A5s um, flying there. What else is there? There's a fly zone something that's boat. Seems like a decent turnout, and they got a, a nice lake there. They could drive the, the airplanes around. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, any other comments? What do we got? Not that I saw on Facebook. Well, Mark Ritchie posted, um, sad night charging up for flying at Dakar Moro. 
uh, who's flying what week, what this weekend and where. So he has like this crazy, I don't know, it's like five chargers lined up and he's charging, you know, big 12S packs or two 6S packs, you know, um, down the line there. Look pretty nice. Good picture. Uh, Gina Tucker replied, I'm getting ready to go to Lake Placid Aeromodelers Club to fly my NX7 and X7FZ. You know, I rode flying today, Goblin Twins and Oxys. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Lyle Malone said, uh, Mahon, sorry, said, hitting Ripley today. Ripley's believe it or not. Uh, Kevin said, Kevin, Kevin Tushner said, uh, had uh, had the Oxy 255 doing stuff the big Kellys do. Love my Oxy. I do. You do. I know you do. Uh, Darren Weens. We kept on saying his name wrong. He actually messaged me because of that. Sorry, Darren. <laughs> Flew the T-Rex 800 and his Yardbird 700. Nice. Uh, today was a good day. Craig Florence said, bloody hell, Richo. I guess you call him like a nickname, Richo. I was going to ask, how many charges do you really have? But I know... You're not sure. And Mark said, yeah, there's more. LOL. <laughs> so, cool. Thanks, Mark, for posting on our page. Oh, one thing I want to comment about. So, Jimmy Jones, he commented on our page. Just finished the Darren Weens episode. Awesome episode, guys. I love hearing the, the story about the Yardbird Heli. Very interesting design. Too bad that thing never made it to market. Um, you know, yeah. thanks, Jimmy, and all this stuff. Uh, but Wes, I guess, is uh, is a friend of um, of Darren. So I want to read this because I, I like this post. So he commented, "Here's the story that is typically typical Darren wins. This afternoon at our flying field, Darren spent probably one and a half hours to two hours helping a rookie pilot set up his helicopter. Darren successfully made it in the guy's fly barred helicopter, got the tracking just right." Handed the transmitter over to the new pilot, and after 30 seconds, he lost control and smashed the heli to pieces on one of our protective net pole, destroying the heli. Oh, jeez. At this point, Darren only had had only one flight in after being there quite a while. You'd think he'd had his fill with helping someone, helping anybody else at the point at that point, but without missing a beat, he was overhelping another pilot, figuring out his very unusual flybarless controller. Then successfully made in that helicopter too. So, and then he leaves a uh, last comment here. This is a person that gives his time greatly at any opportunity. I'm proud to be his friend. Well, that's just awesome, man. Yeah, you know, and I replied, awesome, Wes. Thanks for sharing. Best community ever. And, you know, it really is. Like, you know, like Darren enjoys flying, right? He enjoys the hobby, enjoys the community, enjoys all that aspect. But, like, for him to, like, barely get a couple of flights in on his own helis. He's out there all day helping someone, you know, helping these two guys get their heli set up and get it flowing, you know? And, wow. You know, it's it, it's it's definitely easier said than done to, to have that type of mindset, yeah. you know? Because after, yeah. after a couple hours, you you know, you're like, oh, I drove out here. I charged all these batteries. Like, I want to fly, you know? And to be able to, like, just not even a second thought. Someone else needs help? Yeah, what's up? What, what can I help you with, you know? And, and getting, you know, helping people in the community like that, you know? That's what keeps the RC heli. I was alive. just gonna say that same thing, dude. I was just gonna say that's what spreads out the interest in the hobby and perpetuates more people into the hobby. I mean, I got that help from you, definitely. You know, an infinite amount of times. I also remember asking 
John when I was there. Remember John that used to fly for a line that, that Yeah, uh, John Dale. John Dale, yeah. He, he still flies remember, for a line. Yeah. I remember talking to him while well, he was at our you know, he was Yeah, he used to live he used to live in Jersey or Brooklyn. He yeah. used to live in Brooklyn. Now he now he lives in Ohio. Yeah, I mean he was the guy that I when I asked him basic questions about what helicopter to get, he pointed me towards the oxy like first off and he was just like, just do it, man. And uh that was awesome, man. And I've never looked back since then. But I mean I can I can tell you multiple stories of, you know, uh guys helping guys and how it's almost like they're paying it forward and, and just that's that's just awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Hats sure. off to you. Yes. Awesome, Darren. Awesome job, Darren. Yeah, and thanks for sharing that, Wes. It's great to hear stories like that. If you guys have other stories like that that, you know, you want us to read over the air, definitely let us know. Post it on our Facebook page. We'll read it, you know? Yeah. Especially Love to hear those stories. Yeah, those stories are awesome because they're, they're, they're like not just f- cool stories, you know, but they're like on a human level. They're like real. You know what I mean? Right. So, and yeah. we know these people because we've had them on the show. Our listeners now know these people because we've had them on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's move on to website comments. Website comments. Um, um, yeah, I don't think we got any uh, new comments from our website itself. So let's go. Cool. Let's move it on to people of Podbean. People of Podbean. Well, it must be that there's a lot of people out flying because we only had a few comments, uh, and likes, and follows on Podbean and. Guys, we completely appreciate it. Uh, Jared4454 started following us. D Delisle81 and BVGHJ both liked episode 129, Uncle Ron in the house. So awesome. thanks, guys. And I listened to the full pitch podcast that was recorded live in Texas. And mm-hmm. uh, yes, I did hear Mr. Jericho Byrne. It's not Jericho Byrne. It's Jerry Clayburn. Clayburn, yeah. And uh, but I'm gonna call him Jericho Byrne till because I think that's so cool. I think <laughs> that's cool too. So, so yeah, yeah, Jericho Byrne for sure. Long live Jericho Byrne. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so I'll go over the Podbean comments now. Okay. Uh, so it's weird because we had comments a month ago, which I'm sure we uh, read already. Definitely, right? Or yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but then it stops from one month ago to then one day ago. So, you know, okay. I don't know what's up with that. But uh, BVGHJ Jericho Byrne <laughs> said <laughs> once again, "You guys are killing it." Episode one twenty four, Spring Fling. Uh, D Delisle eighty one. Fully enjoyed this episode. Great to hear a guest fully enjoy another aspect of RC flight. Been slowly getting into FPV as well. Certainly is fun. That's one episode one twenty six listener series volume eleven with Wes Pennypacker. Uh, Jeep Roll two thousand two. One day ago says I charge a forty ten. Best money I've ever spent. Yes, me too. Until it blew up on me, but nice. that was that was just mine because I bought the thing used or whatever. So who knows how many times that thing. Yeah. And yeah, you can't oh, judge it on oh that. I do have to. Now that we're talking about, it, so Mike, I gave my charger to Mike, the iCharger forty ten, to take a look at because he's done like thirty some odd years of electrical engineering or whatever. Right. He opened it up. He said I blew like maybe like definitely three or two to three MOSFETs. Okay. But he's like they all look done. Now. <laughs> it's like it's like six or eight of them, or whatever. So he started like unsoldering them for me. 
jeez. Oh, yeah, so I'm going to see. Maybe we can, you know, get some new MOSFETs soldered on and, and bring that charger to life. Um, if so, you know, use it as a backup charger or something. I don't know. Maybe and I'll. For sale. eBay, slightly used. <laughs> slightly used. <laughs> Never had blue, the magic <laughs> blue smoke come out of it. <laughs> so we'll see. Only uh, charge that one C. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. One day ago, Jeep Roll 2002 says, hey, did you see the Hangar 9 Ash 31 6.4 mil, uh, meter glider? Holy $2,600. I need a Horizon payment plan. Play, payment plan, sorry. That's for episode 126, Listen Series uh, Volume 11, West Penny Packer. Now, I did not see this. I didn't see it either, but you know what Horizon Hobby does allow through their website? A firm. And a firm can give you a payment plan, so... <laughs> If you really want that plate and have good credit, go for it. <laughs> Premium giant scale soaring. Yeah. Um, can this carry myself? 6.4 meters. That's huge. 6.4 meters. That's uh, huge. Huge. Wait a minute. That can't be 6. Point, oh, no. 6.4. Yeah. So that's like 20 foot wingspan. Yeah. You need. How do you even carry that? It's got the wings got to break up in four parts at least. Right. Yeah. If it's 24, that's six foot parts. At, yeah. Splitting in four ways. It looks like that one from Escape from New York that they sent Snake Plissken into New York on. Okay. Where he landed on top of the World Trade Center. It looks like that model. Hmm. That's what it reminded me of. So you got to do that. You got to put a guy with an eye patch. There you go. In the pilot seat. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. If you get that. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> okay, so one day ago again, Jeep World 2002. Uh, I'll say it. You guys fucking rock. <laughs> Jeez. That's what he wrote. Episode 126, Listen Series, Volume 11 with West Penning Packers. Muzumil Abazi, one day goes says, Haha, Kevin, and bloopers are amazing. Good episode, Let's guys. That's episode 128, Listen Series, Volume 12 with Darren Weems. Uh, Jared4454, I think that's a new one. I don't remember ever reading that. The only people who dislike goblins are the people who haven't flown one. The, they fly so smooth comparatively. Beautiful engineering. Uh, listen series volume 12 with Darren Wien. And I feel like he's talking about when Darren made a comment saying that he cannot stand the goblins. Yeah, so, he was not a fan, goblin fan. Uh, not a fanboy. Yeah, that's all right. It's not, uh, <laughs> that means there'll be parts for you. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Darren did hit me up about saying his name wrong. So hopefully, Weens. I think that was right. Weens? Yeah, okay. I, think, I think it was Weens. Uh, <laughs> I got to look at my show notes because I wrote it phonetically in, in my show notes for that episode so I could read it right. Um, but he did also mention, he was like, I thought you were a Goblin fanboy until he listened to Rod Corris' episode. Oh, jeez. Right? <laughs> and, and then he was like, I think he said something to the manner of like, oh, man, I need to apologize to Javier. Because <laughs> I guess he was really giving him shit about being a fanboy, but damn. <laughs> He needs to meet Charlie Crespo Sr. I want to talk about it. That's another. Uh, yep. I, I put those. I put Ron and Charlie in the same like. They're like category. They're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're you know, brothers from another mother. Like they, yeah. they definitely um, are obsessed with goblins and helicopters in general. Yeah. And both super nice guys, man. Yeah. Charlie, I talked to like the first day I met him. We were, we were chatting up a storm, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it was nothing. Yep. Yeah. You know, yep. Good guys, man. Definitely. So, yeah, I met Charlie for the first time. You and I met him for the first time um, at Rochester. And I still remember, you know. All right. 
What do we have for iTunes reviews? There's nothing new on iTunes. I'm shocked. I'm not. Nobody uses iTunes anymore. Yeah, yeah, I guess not, right? I mean, I listen to the podcast only on my mobile device, so there's no ever need for me to ever go into iTunes to get no. it. So, like, it's the Podbean app. Pod, sorry, not yeah. Podbean. Oh, Podbean, but also the podcast app on the mobile iOS. It's just all I use. Yeah, I use that for the up-to-date ones. If I want to listen to, like, our very first show or something like that, that's when I, I use the Podbean app because I can go all the way back on the Podbean app. Mm-hmm. The um the the podcast app that's you know on the f- iPhone is just like one year, it only goes back like a year. Oh really? But it's cool. It doesn't bother me. I mean, just I just bring it up on the Podbean. Yep. Yep. Okay, so drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review in the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail dot com. Like us on Facebook, facebook dot com slash free4rc podcast. Check out our webpage, free4rc podcast dot show dot show. Say hi to Robert. Hey, Robert. Let us hey, know if Chris. you want to. Let us know if you want us to add anything, and then we probably won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> flight test forums, off the field, audio and video production. Other than flight test podcast, free for podcast, and next to our friends, the FT Community Cast. Hey, Pat and Mike, and sometimes Joel. Nice. Yeah, it's good to see those guys are releasing shows again. Yeah. Uh, rchelihangouts.com forum under RC Heli Hangouts main section podcast corner and free for RC podcast and next to our friends the RC Heli Hooligans podcast hey Walt Ned the full pitch RC Heli podcast Javier and Jimmy Jones and I gotta give a shout out to Dave yep David Hill Hill the Flyer yep give a shout out to Dave our uh, unofficial official uh, forum moderator for us <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and also check out the Telerotor podcast. You know, those guys are doing an awesome job. Very technical, very detailed podcast. So, you know, a lot of information there. So it's great stuff. Nice. And the BK podcast. Yes. Right now, lad. Yes. Listen to these podcasts. I know. Holy I know. cow. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah, like one every day of the week. Damn. I got to, I got to edit our, uh, our you know episode templates because you know, I got to, like, instead of having to type all this new podcast, new show stuff, you know. I just yeah. put it in the template so that way I don't have to keep on doing it. So, yes, awesome, man. It is great. It is definitely great to get all these, you know, all this content in the hobby. You know, it's great. Yeah. So, never a dull moment. Nope. All right. Well, I want to thank uh, Bert and Kyle again for taking the time to come on our show. It was fantastic to hear about some, uh, some of the new stuff that's coming out of the SAB uh, factory in Italy. Yeah. Um, you know, good to hear some of the news uh, and, and history of like the BK hobbies and the BK podcast and stuff. The Burnt Burnt Cow podcast. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, those guys. I mean, you know, it's just, they've been in it for so long. They have so much. What I what we call it, my job, institutional knowledge. You know, like they just they have so much history and knowledge in the hobby. It's great, and and they're constantly pushing the hobby forward, the industry forward. You know, I'm not crazy. Institution. <laughs> institutional knowledge <laughs> you had to go there All yeah, right. it's getting late yeah, stuff pops into late. my head it's about 11 o'clock now I so. figured I would share <laughs> awesome <laughs> alright thanks to our listeners free our skies and we'll see you next time see you next time bye bye <laughs> see I was going to do that bye 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 I don't know.
250 miles an hour. Are you kidding me? Ugh. Ugh. 250 miles per hour. Seriously, right? I gotta get one. Hanging with Bert and Kyle. I don't know. You call it whatever you want. You're usually pretty good at coming up with that stuff. I'm trying to think. Uh, your tour guides, Bert and Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Give me a tour of Italy. <laughs> what was that? Uh, what's that guy who used to do the tours? Perillo Tours. <laughs> Perillo Tours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where the hell do I gotta be tomorrow? I gotta be in Jersey City at 6 a.m. I don't know. I gotta get up early, of course. Yeah. They pull this every time, and I'm bleeding over here like Deadpool for crying out loud. What? I don't know. I got a hole in my arm, and I picked at it, and the blood just does not stop stop coming out. Okay. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> so All if right. you hear a schlump, that's me falling over. Not 100%. Uh oh. Steve, you unplugged your microphone. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry about that. I don't know where it cut off, but. You said 100%. I'm still not 100%. Yeah, so I'm. What's up with Skype? It's all new. Oh, shit. That means my other shit ain't recording. Oh, boy. Yeah, but my freaking, um, what the hell's that program called? Yeah. Um, 